Welcome to Nimmin Live, the number one place on the internet to learn about YouTube, network with other content creators, and have an awesome time doing it. My name is Nick, and today I'm answering your YouTube questions. So if you have a question about what it is that you are doing on YouTube, there is a form down in the description right now where you can go ahead and get your questions put into that uh, form. And if you can get it in there right now, it will get answered on the stream today. I also wanna let you know if you are watching this on the replay that we add timestamps to this so you can quickly and easily find the content that matters the most to you because during the stream, a lot of the, not a lot, like all of the questions that we answered during the stream today, um, those are based on questions that people ask. So I find out those questions as viewers find out those questions and we answer them here in real time. So because of that, um, we organize them in a way that helps you easily jump around and find what it is that you need. And I also want to let you know that you can listen to this or watch this, you know, on my YouTube channel. This is also available to listen to um, on YouTube music and your other, you know, podcast platforms of choice if you just search around for Nimmin Live. So with all of that stuff out of the way, <laughs> today, as you can see, my brother from the same mother um, is not streaming with me. So what is going on there is him and Daniel Batal are going to be doing a live stream here um, in a couple of hours over on the StreamYard YouTube channel where they're going to be reviewing channels so make sure that you stick around for that once the stream is finished then you know it'll automatically send everybody over there um, for that particular stream as well but this stream, just so you know, is brought to you by TubeBuddy, which is the number one tool for YouTube content creators. TubeBuddy has over 90 different tools that'll help you with your YouTube channel, everything from testing your thumbnails to make sure that the thumbnails that you're making are effective for the people that you are trying to watch to bulk updates. So if you need to you know, change something on your YouTube channel, let's say you have a link in your description and you need to change that across a bunch of different videos, TubeBuddy can help you do it. They also have AI tools that they've introduced, which will help you identify points in your video that you can make into a short based on how people have responded to those. They also have title generators and all kinds of other helpful tools for you as a content creator, but you can try them out for yourself at TubeBuddy.com slash Nimmin, or you can just go to TubeBuddy.com, either one. But if you go to Nimmin, it basically just gives me credit, which I super appreciate. Next. We are co-brought to you by StreamYard, which is the live streaming tool that I use to live stream this every single Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern. And the reason, well, typically 9 a.m. We're starting a little bit late today. But the reason I use them is because they're easy. And I love, you know, using stuff that's easy because then that's less that I have to think about. In addition to that, um, it also makes it super easy for me to bring graphics onto the screen, to bring guests on when we do that. Um, they also make it easy to add graphics to the screen, like you can see right here, you know, on the screen right now. Um, and they even have it where you can play music in the background. And if you guys have been watching any of my AI videos, you can even do stuff like this inside of StreamYard where you work in calls to action. If you're enjoying this, enjoying this, remember to remember hit the like to button. Hit the like if you're enjoying if you're this, enjoying this Remember to hit Remember the light. to hit the light. Right? Um, I had loop on, but anyway, the idea is that you can, you know, add little, you know, AI generated calls to actions and, you know, things like that in order to just build in those little things just to remind people to, you know, subscribe and like and, you know, those sorts of things as well. But anyway, all kinds of helpful stuff with StreamYard as well. But one of the hidden features that I love to share uh, about because I run into technical problems because I live in the boonies. If your stream goes down, they hold everything open for you in the cloud. So then you can come back in once you get everything fired back up, or you can come back in on your mobile device while you're getting everything set back up. If you have like a power failure, your internet goes down or something like that, or even if your computer crashes, which if you use a computer, you know that that happens sometimes. So it makes it really easy to hold your audience instead of completely losing the stream and having to start everything over from scratch again. But you can try that out at streamyard.com. Um, and of course, I've got links to that down in the description as well, as well as right up here 
here on the screen. So with all that stuff out of the way, if this is your first time um, joining this stream, Definitely. Um, just say me um, in the comments, you know, let me know if that is uh, you. And um, um, how this whole thing works is there's a form that's down in the description below. And as the questions come in, um, I answer them in the order, you know, that they're received in that form. Um, if I see something really unique in the comments um, in that particular case, you know, sometimes I'll pull those um, you know, just directly, you know, out of the chat because, you know, it's something interesting or a question maybe that doesn't get asked a lot or something like that to where it's something unique. Um, then I'll pull those, you know, out of the chat sometimes, but I stay focused mostly on the form. Um, and it's like a first come, first serve thing. But right now, you know, you're good to go um, if you get your question in there. Um, so a couple things I do want to, uh, you know, update people on. So uh, you might have noticed that in my last video, um, in that particular piece of content, um, I was simply notifying people, and it's actually pinned at the top of the screen right now, um, that there's a setting. Um, a lot of content creators right now are uh, talking about how they're seeing YouTube advertising views on their channels, and uh, that particular view shows you how to disable the ability for people to use your videos as ads. In that comment section, people were asking me things like, well, you know, how is this a bad thing? Um, there's actually two ways that it can be a bad thing. One is that if somebody uses your videos as an ad and they're targeting, you know, an audience that you're not trying to reach, they could actually bring in, you know, if they do that at scale, they could bring in a lot of people into your channel that might not be a good fit for your content, which means when you publish your next video, you know, you might be going in front of people that don't really care, you know, about your content, you know, based on whoever ran those ads. Um, in addition to that, as a content creator, it's important to know, you know, that you're, what you're making is worth something, right? So when you're publishing content as a content creator, the whole, you know, thing is if somebody's using your videos as an ad, that's, you know, essentially, you know, could cut you out of like an affiliate thing if you do promote them as an affiliate, but it can also, um, you know, make it to where they are profiting essentially on your hard work by bypassing having to have somebody make an ad. And as a content creator, you know, you're not getting compensated for that. And in exchange, you might be getting some vanity metrics that may or may not be helpful to you. So that was the whole reason that I made, you know, that particular video. Um, but in addition to that, um, a couple things just to keep you up to date with. So you probably saw as well um, the video about YouTube changing, you know, ads and all of that. So basically they are stripping away um, our ability to choose, um, you know, skippables, non-skippables, um, and how it's going to work is you are going to just turn ads on or you're gonna turn ads off. Now with that, we do still have control over the mid-roll ads, but they've added features there. So with that particular thing, how that's working is we currently have it to where, you know, it's either us choosing or YouTube choosing. Uh, we have a hybrid option that they're adding into that as well. So then we can make it to where, uh, you know, we're kind of working together with YouTube to where they're using their um, systems and how they understand the viewer and they're showing them the ads at the time that they think they should see them. And then we are showing it to them at the times that we think is, you know, the most appropriate for our content. So when it comes to YouTube news, like, uh, you know, that's kind of what's going on right now. Um, in addition to that, there's one other thing that I wanted to talk about. Oh yeah, so invalid traffic. So um, invalid traffic is another thing that's happening on a lot of YouTube channels. I'm gonna be making a video about that um, coming up soon as well. But this is another one that you know a lot of content creators are seeing and they're kind of confused about what is going on. But I do wanna let you know that um, YouTube has documentation on this because a lot of people are like, oh, YouTube's not saying anything about it or whatever. They do have documentation on it. If you just go to the google.com and you type in invalid traffic and then hit the space bar, 
and type in Google Help Pages, then um, it's going to it's going to show an article that's official from you know YouTube, and um, they explain you know what invalid traffic means and how people are you know kind of you know can use it um, in ways that you know are not to your benefit, so to speak. So just so you know, but I'll be putting out a video on that just to keep you informed on what's going on um, there as well. But you know that should bring you up to date on uh, what's up with YouTube. So with all that out of the way. Hope everybody's had a fantastic week. Hope you're ready to learn today. So just as a quick reminder, make sure that you get your notepads out. Um, if you are not familiar, just really quick, if you're not familiar with TubeSpanner, they have a notepad built into their browser extension. Um, you can try that out over at TubeSpanner.com. And it's great because it allows you to take notes on the stream. So if I happen to say anything where you're like, oh, never thought about that or huh, that kind of makes sense or huh, I don't know, it doesn't sound right, let me check, then you can just take notes, you know, right there um, in the extension. And then when you come back into the stream for a cross-reference, then it will show you, you know, that particular note at that particular time that I was talking about it and so on. But again, you can try that out over at tubespanner.com. And with all that out of the way, let's get into the content, get into the stuff that you came in here for. <laughs> so I uh, hope everybody had a great, I uh, hope you had a great weekend, I know, uh, or a great week, I should say. You know, I've had a, I've had a pretty, um, you know, fun week myself. I got everything booked up for going to the States to go to Vid Summit. Um, so for those of you that are going to Vid Summit, I'm super excited to, you know, hang out with you there. Um, for those of you that don't know what Vid Summit is, it's a conference for YouTube content creators or really content creators in general. Um, and uh, very, you know, uh, uh, experienced people go there to share what it is that they know with other, you know, content creators. You can find out more information about that um, and see all of the amazing, you know, talent that's going to be speaking there um, at vidsummit.com. But as we get into this, um, we have, oh, and hey, really quick. Um, yeah, so Renee uh, says, uh, um, did D get taken out in the last episode of Ahsoka? <laughs> and is it coffee time yet? Yeah, it's definitely coffee time. And um, in terms of uh, Ahsoka, both of us are not watching it yet because we're waiting for some episodes to get piled up so that we can just sit down and binge it. That's what, that's what we're waiting for. Like we really want to, uh, you know, check it out, but uh, but we're both just being you know, cautious of what we're looking at on the internet uh, so that we can, you know, sit down and, uh, and, and binge it. So uh, really quick, um, the Artist Haven um, says, for the use uh, for ads checkbox, can you turn that off for individual videos? I'm thinking sponsors, um, but that might be a different thing. Um, to my understanding, it's at the at the channel level. So because of that, um, it's something that you would need to turn on and turn off at the channel level, which means it applies to all of the um, all of the content. Um, so in that particular case, uh, you know, just keep that in mind when it comes to, uh, to that tube spanner. Thank you for the, oops, Super there chat. we go. Says, um, I did a video about deja vu last week. Um, it didn't do very well. Apparently everyone had seen it before. Nice. Love it. Love it. Colin Michael says, can't wait for the vid summit. Me too. I'm getting pumped. So as we start getting close to that, I start getting into this, like, here it comes. Cause for me and, and a lot of people, you know, like when you go to do stuff like this, you know, it's kind of like a, a big deal because, you know, you have to, you know, get hotels and it's, it's like a vacation mixed into, you know, work stuff. Right. So, um, uh, I'm super, super pumped. Got everything like all booked up for it. And, uh, you know, just excited to, you know, go hang out with everybody, go learn, you know, a bunch of stuff, go share, you know, a bunch of stuff as well. So super, super excited for it. But, um, 
Let's get into the question. So the very first one is from um, Ernesta or um, Esparza, and uh, they do daily content. They have a gaming and uh, entertainment channel. The goal of the channel is to reach 100 subscribers. And the question is, how do I render my videos into Sony Vegas and upload to YouTube to make a cool looking to make cool looking content? So in terms of Vegas, so I don't use Vegas anymore, but basically um, all of the editing software, it doesn't matter what you're using, is going to have either an export option or a share option. So in Vegas, it's an export or I think there's might actually be render might be the language um, but with that all you have to do is just render it out so um, if you google for youtube recommended uh, upload settings they will uh, show you the requirements not the requirements but just what they recommend in order to work best with how they encode the content and all of that so i def def definitely recommend that you look into that for the specific frame size and frame rate and all that stuff that you're uploading because it can give you a lot of insight to ensure that when you upload it everything comes out you know looking as good as it possibly can um, and in terms of you know getting it uploaded to YouTube, same thing. You can upload it on your phone, you know, because this stuff is also available to do on your phone easily. Um, you can also upload it from you know a computer um, as well. So all you got to think about when you're uploading it, and think about this before you even make the content. It actually helps everything kind of go together the best in terms of the experience for the viewers and how you're actually setting things up in the video and all that. But try to also think about your titles and thumbnails before you even, you know, consider making the video. So you can make sure that you can present it um, in the way that you would like to present it. And then you can work the video and how you're putting the video together around how it is that you're presenting it from the outside to best meet the expectations of the people that you are, you know, that you're, that you're trying to uh, reach or, you know, attract with the, uh, with the content. Artist Haven says I'm leaving in a week for Texas. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm leaving uh, soon as well. So I'm gonna have I'm gonna be streaming at a different time once I'm over there. So uh, once I'm over there, I'll probably be streaming in the evening. Um, uh, you know, U.S. time um, instead of streaming in the morning, just because I like to, you know, sleep in. So uh, because of that, you know, the the stream time will change for the few weeks that I'm uh, that I'm over there. So uh, the next question that we have here on the list today is from Design Burst. Design Burst says um, that they have been on YouTube for less than six months. They do interior design content. The goal of the channel is to educate my viewers about interior design. And the question is, our channel focuses on interior design, and our past content has included design ideas, concepts, and educational material. We initially compared our content with other design channels and added unique elements like explanations instead of just music. Currently, we have 776 subscribers and 12 long form videos. However, we've noticed that a lack of engagement in our in, uh, and storytelling in our content. We're planning to start a new series where we where we'll design a subscriber's apartment. That's cool. That's really cool. Um, is this a good idea? Um, is it okay to use the word subscriber in the title or thumbnail? Would a style change uh, negatively impact our channel? We're new to YouTube and any advice would help. Thank you. So in terms of a style change, if you mean like a format change, that can you know negatively impact you or positively you know impact you as well because people are gonna respond differently to the different formats that you put out, the different types uh, or the different you know um, ideas that you have for videos. Like people respond different, differently to everything that you do. So because of that, I mean, your 12 videos in right now so this is a great time to just be like hey you know let's go ahead and have some videos that we make like this and then let's do some experimental um you know formats so we can figure out quickly what it is that people will respond to at the highest level um, but i think the idea on the redesigning a subscriber's apartment i think that's cool you can use that language but some things that you have to be really careful about is if it was we designed a subscriber's apartment. That's one thing. Or letting people know, hey, we're going to design, you know, a subscriber's apartment. Um, that's another thing. But 
there's technical things to where it's probably fine, but one thing that YouTube is very adamant about is they have a rule about um, incentivized engagement. So when you say things like, uh, hey, I'm, I'm giving away this coffee cup, but in order to win this coffee cup, you have to be a subscriber, then what happens is you step into that kind of gray area to where it's like, okay, well, I was just gonna give some stuff away, but now, for the people that were participating in that content, now they have to subscribe to the channel in order to get that thing. And that is looked at like you're incentivizing them or we'll just call it bribing them <laughs> with whatever it is that you're giving away as a means to get them to subscribe to your YouTube channel. And the reason that it's looked at as something that is you know, incentivizing that engagement is because when you do giveaways, some people share those giveaways, you might be sharing those giveaways or people might see the title and see that it's a giveaway and they might into that content without any real care about the regular content that you publish or what it is that you normally do on your channel but instead they're coming there for that thing which that's where the problem you know happens because then they're subscribing because they might get that thing instead of subscribing because they're enjoying the content of the channel okay so that's the whole thing when it comes to just being mindful and careful about how you you know kind of navigate that part of it um because you know i mean really uh you know like like letting people know that you're doing it for subscribers is pretty much the same thing as saying, you know, you got to be subscribed for this, you know, to, to, to qualify for this, but just don't, you know, don't use that um, language. Don't have anywhere in the sign up process that you have to be a subscriber um, in order, you know, in order to win and just make it publicly open. And then anybody that, you know, that does want to subscribe to your channel because of that, that's on them. But, you know, with you not saying that, you know, it has to be a subscriber, instead make it viewer, right? That's a great way to not even have to worry about it. Hey, we're, you know, we're, we're redesigning a viewer's apartment. And then when you do that, it's going to, you know, open you up to where you don't have to worry about it. And then it also opens the contest up to anybody. All right. So next up on our list here. Um, my C print says, um, saying that you must be uh, subscribed to win breaks rules. Yeah, so um, it's just incentivized engagement is is what that falls under. So basically, when you you know when you're when you're saying that people have to be a subscriber in order to win, then that will cause people to subscribe because they want to win the thing, not because they are enjoying the content. It might be a you know a marriage between those two things where maybe they are enjoying the content and then they're also subscribing because of that. But in terms of how that can be interpreted. Um, it, you know, it's, there's going to be some people that will subscribe just because of the thing and not because of the content. Jill Valentine, what's going on? Hope you are doing fantastic. Nice to see you in here. Jill's comfort zone. Hope that you are doing great as well. Yeah. And um, another thing too is uh, Jill's comfort zone says I've had that experience plenty of times with my giveaways. And when it comes to giveaways too, another thing to keep in mind is that YouTube also has, you know, rules around uh, giveaways. So if you are, you know, uh, doing a giveaway, it's, you know, best practice to make sure that you do have information in the description about the giveaway um, that you also let people know or yeah, let viewers know that YouTube, and you, you can do this textually, you know, in, in, in your video description, they have uh, 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 information that you can find online if you just look for YouTube giveaway rules, and then space, and then Google help pages, you'll find the official documentation for that, and you'll see exactly what it is that you need to put in there. Just copy and paste it in your description, let people know that YouTube is not, you know, um, a part of that particular uh, giveaway, or they don't endorse it, um, those types of things. It's weird, right? Like when you come onto YouTube, 
you know, it's like, hey, I'm just coming on to make videos. But then it's like, oh, wait, there's all these rules, right? Like all these, you know, things that I have to abide by. And, uh, you know, with that, it's like, uh, you know, it's, it's just, you know, part of, you know, how things work, you know, like any industry that you go into, doesn't matter what it is, everything has, you know, rules that they have to abide by. Like if, if people are going into real estate, they got to learn about licensing and, you know, all these other things. Um, so, uh, you know, and permits and, you know, like you can't just go and build something, you got to get permits for it. Um, you know, those types of things, this is our version of that for, uh, for our industry. Back to the boom bop. Glad that you, uh, glad that you think the, uh, the, the coffee song is fire. Love it. Love that feedback. So uh, next up on the list, we got One Step. One Step does fighting games. The goal of the channel is to turn my skills and knowledge into a fun and profitable career. And really quick, if you are just joining us, we are answering YouTube questions. So if you have a question about what it is that you're doing on YouTube, there's a form down in the description below. Um, this is all free. So you don't have to you know pay to get your question asked or anything like that. Um, you know, care of or thanks to uh, TubeBuddy and StreamYard for sponsoring the stream, making um, you know all of that uh, uh, possible. But the uh, question here, um, or the goal is to turn my skills and knowledge into a fun and profitable career. And the question is, my dude, good morning and happy weekend. Um, how do we go about uh, raising our RPM, like my revenue um, per 1000 views is 250. And I want to get that higher. Are there ways that we can help raise that? Thanks for all the help. So when you are trying to get higher RPMs, um, you have to look at how it is that you're monetizing the content. So, um, I'm, I'm making an assumption, which is always a bad thing to do, but you know, I'm making it anyway, that, as soon as YouTube deploys the thing that they are, uh, where they are going to take away our ability to choose skippables and non-skippables, for those of us that typically don't run skippable or, or non-skippable ads, um, you know, our you know everything's going to increase. Our RPM is going to increase because you know those are more lucrative. Um, there's also things like you know if you have um, you know crowdfunding enabled on your channel and people are giving you super thanks, then in that particular case, that can raise it. Topically, you know, the things that you talk about specifically in terms of the topics of your videos also impact your uh, ad rates that you're getting, which, you know, has an impact on your RPM as well. Um, so there's a lot of, you know, different variables when it comes to your RPM. So what you want to think about is go through all the content in your channel. If you're trying to raise it, go through all the content on your channel and start figuring out what content typically, you know, causes the highest CPMs or RPMs if, you know, you're uh, heavy into crowdfunding. Um, figure that out and then, you know, start making more of that content topically if the only thing that you're trying to do is, you know, get a higher RPM. But of course, like always, always think of the viewers first, always think of, you know, the value that you're bringing to them as, you know, Doug Hewson, you know, points out value first, right? I was actually going to bring that coffee cup up here today and I actually forgot it's down in the uh, kitchen. But anyway, the idea that would have been a great place to put it, but the idea um, is, you know, uh, even though you're trying to raise your RPMs and that's smart and, you know, being technical about that and trying to figure out, you know, the best ways to generate more ad revenue is always helpful. However, you know, you don't want that to stand in the way of, you know, the value that you are, uh, you know, providing to the viewers. Shark Scrapper says, is that set real? Or are you experimenting with AI again? Yeah, it's real. <laughs> it's definitely real. Yeah, come back here and touch a pillow. Right. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely real. <laughs> so uh, the next question that we have is, uh, let's see, we did one step already. 
Next question that we have here uh, is from Built with Mooney. Built with Mooney does woodworking content. The goal of the channel is to share and teach. The question is, um, thanks for all that you do. I'm practicing my skills on my thumbnails. How long should I give a new thumbnail before I consider changing it? And how long should I wait when I switch out an old thumbnail with a new one to help revive the older video? Um, so if you are public, here, here's the first step in this process. So what you don't want to do is you don't want to publish a video to YouTube and then just start changing it, right? Because the video is not taken off. Instead, what you want to do is you want to start figuring out baselines for your YouTube channel. Start figuring out, you know, when my video has, you know, these types of metrics from these traffic sources, usually by this many impressions, at least historically across the channel, my, you know, my click-through rate is usually, you know, at least this. And then that way, if you start falling way below that before you hit those impression thresholds, then and you can be like, okay, is this because the packaging isn't right? Or is it because maybe the topic isn't something that people are responding to? Or maybe my timing was off. Like this might be a hot topic, you know, in a month from now, but right now it's not that great, right? Um, other things to consider when it comes to your click-through rate as well. This is why it's important to give things, you know, some 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 time and make sure that you're figuring out those averages on your channel first before you just go and start, you know, changing a bunch of stuff is when you are um, publishing your uh, videos, your click-through rate will typically be higher when you first publish your videos, and then it'll start trailing off as you know more and more people are interacting with your content. So because of that, what can happen is sometimes people will go in and they'll say, okay, well, my video's not doing great. It must be the thumbnail and title. But they haven't figured out the averages on their channel in order to have something to reference it against. So that's why you wanna go and start looking and say, okay, across my channel so far, even if you're new, for the videos that have done well on my channel, what, how is that reflected in my analytics? Like what does good look like in terms of my highest performing videos that I've had so far? Um, and then from there, that's where you start using some of that to gauge to where it's like, hey, yeah, I've got 100,000 impressions on this. I'm like way under, you know, what my averages are. So because of that, let me give this some consideration. And then let me start, you know, just looking at the thumbnail and kind of thinking through it again and thinking how it works well with the title, thinking how it builds up the expectation for the video, you know, as they're, you know, going into that, um, thinking of how, you know, eye-catching it is, thinking of the, the focal point of that particular thumbnail, those types of things, and then, you know, make the call and if you want to change it or not based on that. Um, but in terms of like how long this is, is why um, it's important to start to, you know, over time, start to figure out what your averages are. So for example, for me, if I have 100,000 impressions on my YouTube channel or on a, on a, on a video from homepages and my thumbnail isn't 5%, um, in that particular case, if I'm like in aggressive mode and I'm trying to, you know, bring more attention to my content, um, in that particular case, then I'll update the thumbnail if it's under that five. Um, um, it's, you know, I should be doing it at six, but, you know, I do it at five um, because in that particular case, if I hit 100,000 and it's, uh, you know, under five, then that tells me that I just need to reevaluate it, right? Um, and then I'm like, Hey, let's look at the title. Let's look at the, the thumbnail. Let's kind of reconsider, you know, in terms of this particular video, like, is this something that people really want? Um, is this, you know, answering a very specific question for people? Yes or no. Plus there's also the factor of long game because, you know, one thing when it comes to changing your, you know, thumbnail and title, you also have to think about, and this is something people don't often think about is you have to think about like, where are you trying to get views from for that video? So for example, if you have one of the channels that, you know, that most of the content that you published is search targeted, yes, of course, you want your current viewership to respond to what, 
to respond well to that. However, if your long game is trying to, you know, have that video show up in YouTube search and, you know, people respond well to it there, then that's where you go into your traffic sources report and you start closely monitoring more how it, how it's, uh, you know, being received in YouTube search compared to maybe how, you know, it's being received on home pages. So, you know, because of that, there's other factors involved when it comes to changing all of that stuff up. So to answer your question simply, um, figure out the averages on your channel and then use that information to look for problem areas, right? And look for places that you can improve, you know, over time. And one thing that can really put a big spotlight on this stuff is like, let's say that you're like, okay, these are the averages on my channel and this is getting me like, okay, views. As soon as you have like one video take off and you're like, oh, Okay, so now now I see kind of what I need to do, right? But for now, if you're you know just kind of getting everything rolling, um, just start you know looking at those averages on your channel and trying to you know figure that out. And another thing to keep in mind too is you know you don't always have to change it. Like sometimes, you know, you can have a, a, a video that you publish to your YouTube channel, and this is another reason why it's you know important not to get too attached to the one out of ten metric um, in your videos. Is you can put out a piece of content on your channel, and when you put that content out, um, you know it might be number ten, and you're like, "Oh my god, I blew it! I need to go in and change my thumbnail and change my title, and what have I done? I should just stop YouTube." <laughs> like you know, you go through all these things in your brain, but then you check back in on that video in like thirty days or ninety days or sixty days, whatever, and you're like, "Wow, this is actually number one now!" You know, for that you know group that I was publishing in at that point in time, or this video you know is now gaining some serious traction because the people that YouTube is putting it in front of. They're just responding, you know, very well to it now compared to, you know, when I initially published the video. So there's other factors, you know, like that as well that you also have to uh, consider. Tom Nash in the house. What's up, dude? Hope that you are doing fantastic. Nice to see you in here. Love seeing Tom swing by. Hey, really quick also, um, since he's in here. So uh, for those of you that are on Facebook, I know some people, you know, like myself, loathe Facebook, but I'll still, you know, hop in there. Um, uh, if you are somebody that's active on Facebook and you're looking for an amazing uh, community, a YouTube community on Facebook, um, Tom has a group. Um, it's called, uh, I think it's called YouTube Creators, I think is the name of the group but it's a very well-managed group. Um, so I really recommend that uh, that anybody here that's interested in that, that you go join uh, Tom's group because um, it's, it's a fantastic group. He really takes good care of people in there. Um, let's see here. So next question on our list right now, and I, I saw something else. Give me one second. I'm gonna scroll up here to uh, find it. Yeah, so uh, Renee also mentioned when it comes to your thumbnails, think about thumbnails as a promise about the content of the video. Different promises can appeal to different audiences of different sizes. As long as your video delivers, it's always worth testing. Yep, absolutely. Love that extra, that extra feedback. Absolutely love it. Yeah, and uh, Tom also mentions that his Facebook community, it's a nonprofit. Like, he's not trying to sell people anything in there. Like, his whole thing, he actually talks about finance on his YouTube channel, um, talks about, like, investing and things like that. Um, so his Facebook group, he's not, you know, like a YouTube guru, you know, trying to, like, sell you courses and stuff. Um, he's, you know, genuinely in there, you know, helping people out. So it's, it's, it's a great group. Um, if you're on Facebook, definitely go join that. Um, so next up on our list here, uh, question number five. Um, and if you're just joining us, we are answering YouTube questions. Um, so if this is your first time here, there's a form down in the description where I'm pulling these questions from. Um, if you get your question in there now, pretty good chance it's going to get answered on the stream today. Um, if it's something really unique, feel free to post it, you know, in chat, because if it's something, you know, unique, then, you know, then I'll pull it uh, directly out of the chat. But uh, Pixie Dust Traveler is the next question. Uh, they do travel content. The goal of the channel um, is to provide content, a content 
content on destination for anyone traveling. Hope to be a full-time content creator. And the question is, um, what is a good way to get your live or premiere videos seen when starting out? Um, scheduling them in advance and making sure that you are taking extra care when it comes to the packaging. So while you're live, one of the awesome things about being live um, on YouTube is is your live streams carry a lot of weight. And what that means is if somebody's on YouTube and they're interested in that topic or, you know, they've interacted with your content in any way or, you know, content that's similar and there's somebody that responds well to live streams, then then it's likely that YouTube, you know, is going to show your live stream to those people. So because of that, you want to make sure that you are, uh, you know, scheduling them and that you're being really mindful about your thumbnail and title because a lot of live streamers kind of like, you know, I do with these streams actually, um, you know, like my thumbnails are mostly templated for these streams. Um, uh, when I was on the news live streams on Fridays, those weren't, um, you know, as templated, but they still were, you know, I just changed some things about them. But when it comes to live streams, like if you're just like, hey, I'm trying to use these to grow my channel. In that particular case, um, package up every one completely different. Offer, you know, something, um, you know, different um, in every single one in terms of the packaging um, and try to bring people in from that. Because what you have to think about is just like your video content, if YouTube shows it to the people that you're trying to reach on the platform and it's just some like template that isn't really clear what the stream's about, um, maybe the imagery is just like a focus on, you know, something that they won't identify as that. That type of content, you know, travel content, um, then in that particular case, you know, you're going to lose those particular people because they're not going to click on it. So because of that, just make sure that you are packaging everything up right so that you can, um, you know, so that you can make sure that if YouTube, if YouTube does show it to the target people that you're trying to reach, that you're, you know, increasing your likelihood of those people being able to respond um, to that content. And then another thing that I want you to think about as well, is when it comes to your live streams, I know when when you're first getting started streaming, um, you know, trying to get that viewership built up, um, you know, it can be challenging when it comes to live streams. So one thing that is helpful is, uh, you know, covering up like the live view counter and, and those types of things, and also considering the replay value. So if you consider the replay value, then it will force you to structure the stream in different ways. It'll force you to right when the stream starts, you're coming in, you're delivering content or delivering, you know, some type of information that you're trying to hook the viewers and let them know, you know, what it is that's going to be happening in the stream and so on. And you're essentially making a piece of content live. Um, if you just practice doing that, and then as people are coming into the streams, you know, you acknowledge them, you know, shout them out, whatever it is you want to do there is fine. Um, but just think about like, okay, for the people that are coming in that aren't participating live, if I'm going to leave this up on my channel, then in that particular case, you know, how am I going to, um, you know, how am I going to uh, hook those people uh, that are coming into that? And then of course, you know, how am I going to make it interesting from the outside? So they'll want to, uh, you know, come in and watch. That's why, you know, like in this stream, for example, even though, you know, I use the template, um, I still put, you know, things in the title like this one, you know, maximize your YouTube reach with this live Q&A, right? So even though that one's not crystal clear, the whole idea is like, hey, if this shows up on a content creator's homepage and they're struggling, they're trying to figure things out or they're thinking about things in like weird ways or whatever when it comes to YouTube, hopefully some of them will end up clicking on this and coming in and getting some clarity. Um, and then more so, this is for the people that are already interacting with my channel, already, you know, watching my videos, so they see me in the thumbnail and then hopefully, you know, that's going to pull them in um, because they know, you know, what to expect here and, and all of that. So, um, so just think about all of those things when it comes to, uh, when it comes to getting live viewership. But uh, another thing as well is when you are 
looking uh, for more information about this, I have an entire playlist over on the StreamYard YouTube channel that has just tons, years worth of content um, over there um, about, you know, getting started with your first streams, getting your viewership going and things like that. I really recommend you check that out. Um, let's see here. Nick here uh, is my quick testimony of you. When I had 80 subs and needed help, Nick did a free one hour call with me to give me advice and direction. I never heard him mention it till this day. Yep. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, I, I do that sort of thing on, on quite a regular basis. You know, like one of the things that, you know, that I get a lot of um, energy from is, you know, when, uh, you know, like when, when people reach out and I'm like, you know, Hey, like what they're putting together is like cool or whatever, you know, they just, you know, are trying to get some questions answered or something like that. Um, and I see what it is that they're doing and I'm like, yeah, you know, let's just hop on a call. Uh, I, I like doing that because, you know, in my situation, just based on, you know, what it is that I do, um, you know, I, I think that that's a tr the truest way that you can, you know, actually help content creators just like the stream, because, you know, in that particular case, it's like, you know, like, you know, during that conversation, you know, I'm sure I didn't ask you for money or like anything like that. And, you know, that for me, that type of thing, it's just, it, it's just more pure, right? Like when you're, when you're doing it as a business in that particular case, I mean, that's, you know, necessary, but you know, um, when you're doing it as a, as a business, it's a little bit different than when you're just like, Hey, you know, let, let's, uh, you know, let's kind of figure some stuff out. So, uh, let's hear. So, uh, and, and thank you for, uh, uh, for that mention as well, Tom, I appreciate it, man. Um, next up on our list, we have um, part-time permies, part-time permies. Um, they upload when they have time. Um, the type of channel is homesteading and permaculture, and the goal of the channel is to help people learn how to sustainably grow their own food, provide inspiration, develop a business out of it. And the question is, um, should I diversify my content in the same channel if the topics are all similar, long-form shorts, podcasts, and lives on the same channel? Yeah, so there's, um, you know, there's been some videos made on YouTube about, you know, people uh, claiming that shorts are you know, impacting their channels, just like there were people, you know, saying that um, long form or sorry, live streams, you know, impacted their channels negatively, you know, in the past and things like that. But usually what the case is there is they're putting out a different offering um, on their, you know, other formats than what it is that they do on one of the other formats. And because of that, it just creates inconsistency in what it is that they're doing and who it is that they're, you know, is going to be the ideal viewer for that. Um, so because of that, as long as you're, as everything is targeted towards that same type of viewer, then in that particular case, experiment with it um, on your channel. And if you notice anything weird, then in that particular case, you know, make adjustments. Um, but you know, as long as you're providing the same, you know, type of value, or you're just targeting that particular viewer, but you're providing different types of value to them through the different formats, um, then in that particular case, you know, you shouldn't have any problems at all. Because just as a, as a disclaimer, for every person that you see, you know, um, you know, online that is talking about, you know, shorts hurt my channel or live streams are hurting my channel or, you know, using my community post or like whatever the thing is, there's also a bunch of other people that are on the reverse of that. And they're like, well, me, when I started doing it, it actually started helping and I started getting better results or I was able to make a deeper connection with my community or, you know, things like that. So you just have to be really careful because, you know, when you're seeing all that stuff, because in a lot of cases, it's just anecdotal, you know, information. Um, and, you know, even outside of that, um, like, let's say it was 10 people, right? Me and, and nine of my buddies, you know, we found this. In that particular case, it's like, okay, well, you know, more than one person's having this problem. So this might be a thing. So let's report it to YouTube. Um, but um, within that, you know, it's still kind of anecdotal considering the scale, you know, of, uh, of YouTube.
So when it comes to things like that, experiment with them, right? Um, you know, that's one of the that's one of the best things that you can do on a consistent basis as a content creator is just experiment with everything because you know you might be the best shorts creator that that YouTube has ever seen, right? But maybe you're struggling with long form content, or maybe you're a shorts creator now and your shorts are doing great, but maybe if you did long forms, maybe people would love those even more and then you'd be able to make more money, right? Or maybe if you started live streaming, you'd be able to grow a better community or maybe you'd start having tons of people come into your live streams just based on how you do that. So, you know, it's important to just always be experimenting um, even with like different formats and different, you know, types of content ideas. You just gotta make sure that it's all targeted towards the same type of viewer that you're ultimately trying to, you know, serve or entertain or, you know, uh, uh, anything like that with your content. Um, Joseph Frizo said, thanks for the super chat, super chat says, um, shorts are a perfect opportunity to do commercials. Yeah. I mean, technically, yeah, absolutely. Especially now, you know, with the content linking that they have. So one thing, um, just as a heads up for those of you that are shorts creators is, um, YouTube has rolled out. There's actually a couple things. I forgot to mention this in the beginning. I don't know if everybody has this yet, but, um, you can see, uh, related shorts in your traffic sources now. So if you are one of the content creators, that are like, hey, I'm publishing shorts and I'm using these as a way to try to capture people's attention and then pull them into my long form content. Maybe I'm making a specific piece of content and then I'm telling them to click on that link for a more deeper dive on that topic or something like that. Um, you can now um, see that. I don't know if this is rolled out across the platform or not yet. Um, I just saw it yesterday and I haven't had time to check you know, other channels that I have access to. But if you look, you'll see if you have it or not. But basically you'll be able to attribute, um, you know, hey, I'm sending people to this link and people are, clicking on it or they're not clicking on it, you'll be able to see that um, directly in your traffic sources report now. Um, uh, let's see here. So uh, Renee says, um, and if you're trying to use shorts to drive long form, treat the shorts audience with respect. They're not going to move because you want to, they're gonna move because you make them want to. Yeah, that's a great tip. Yeah, and the whole idea there is, oh, it is rolled out for everyone. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, I, I saw that yesterday. I was like, oh, and I, I tweeted it out. I was like, oh, this is great. So, hey, Andrew Cannon, the house is up, dude. Hope you're doing awesome. But um, but basically, uh, there's that um, in terms of the uh, being able to attribute your uh, your short recommendation to your long form. Um, you can now you know attribute that, um, and then in addition to that, um, the content links um, are now you know rolled out as well. The workflow's super clunky with that. I actually had a friend of mine. I was like, hey dude, just so you know, you know this is available, and he was excited to go in and use it. And then he had to go through like the desktop process, and he's like, yeah, I'm not doing this again. <laughs> But, uh, you know, that will be in mobile soon, so not a big deal. But when it comes to the workflow, basically how you find it is you have to upload the content um, if you're doing it from a you know computer or your phone, and then you have to go back into it once it's actually been published as unlisted um, on, on the channel. And then once you go back into it there, that's where you see the uh, related video link, and then you can put the link to the long-form video um, into it right there, which is great. So uh, let's here. So next up on the list here, um, we've got. Hey, if you're just joining the stream, by the way, um, just to let you know, we are talking about YouTube and um, answering questions, you know, um, that people have about YouTube. So if there's anything that you want to know about YouTube, there's a form down in the description below um, where you can drop your uh, questions. So Her Hill Review uh, says that they've been on YouTube for one year or more. They do movie and TV reviews. The goal of the channel's monetization and community. The question is, I'm struggling. People in this space are either huge reviewers who started early or reaction channels. I don't really know where to go um, when my own taste 
it's in uh, where my own taste in shows vary. I'm also a full-time teacher, so I can't pay for a coach. Um, what would you recommend the next step be? So, um, since you're doing movie and TV reviews, one thing that you have to, you know, remember is that, you know, you are going against, you know, a lot of, you know, full-time content creators that have the time to, you know, sit down and do these, you know, reviews and do them all the time and do different versions of a similar review and things like that. So because of that, when you do make the content, you know, you have to either one, think of something you can do that's a different type of offering um, to where it's like, hey, maybe this is a review, but maybe I do it in a different kind of way. Um, and I'm not sure what that looks like, you know, off the top of my head, but, you know, trying to brainstorm on that um, um, so that you can, you know, have something that you're offering that's a little bit different since you're not going to be, you know, publishing as much, or maybe you're just not going to be able to have the time to do as much research and, you know, those sorts of things on the, on what it is that you're reviewing. Um, also on the reactions, that's another one. You know, people like to see people react to stuff. However, that doesn't mean that you have to, you know, react. So, you know, here's a great example of this. So, you know, I'm sure a lot of people here are familiar with Ed, you know, over at Film Booth. So, you know, one thing that he does that's really amazing is he, you know, does a lot of, you know, like real hardcore storytelling in his content to explain the ideas that he's trying to share. Um, in that particular case, I could look at that and say, oh, it looks like I got to do that now which would be, you know, foolish of me, or I can say, okay, well, I'm going to continue, you know, doing things my way. I'm going to experiment with different stuff, you know, like I normally do, um, and let him, you know, do that thing. Right. So then that way, that's his thing that he does. And other people will still come along and, you know, try to copy it. People already have, you know, already tried, but, you know, in that particular case, it's like, Hey, let him do that. And then, you know, I'm going to, you know, continue doing my experiments and continue to stand out in my own way. Right. So, you know, in your particular case with doing movie and TV reviews, you know, you need to do the same, um, or whatever for everybody here, for whatever content you have, you know, one of our, you know, hidden jobs as a content creator is you have to just constantly be thinking it, not constantly, but you have to constantly be thinking about, um, you know, like, what is it that I can do that's going to be a little bit different? What's a video that I could put out that would be something unique that nobody's offering, you know, right now? What's something that I could put out that would be, you know, a little bit different, even just for the space? Maybe I'm inspired by something somebody else is doing in another, you know, in another niche somewhere that I happened to run across on YouTube. And I thought it was a really cool idea. I wonder if I could, you know, incorporate that into what it is that I'm doing, right? So you have to just constantly be in that state of like trying to think of new things that you can do because what happens? is you can have it to where, you know, even if you continue doing the same things, you know, and, you know, sometimes, you know, that will be great for a while, but then after a while, people will just kind of get used to that or people will just kind of change how they're, you know, interacting with that content or the way that you're doing it. And then over time, you're like, man, things just aren't working out like they used to. And then you like, no matter what, you're just kind of forced back into that, you know, drawing board, so to speak. So because of that, you know, if you are, you know, in that situation, we're trying to balance it. Like, Hey, I'm a teacher and, you know, most of my time is spent with that and I'm doing YouTube on the side, but I would like to, you know, be able to do this as, you know, um, something that I could, you know, monetize in that particular case, you, you have to, um, you know, you have to really put a lot of time into thinking of, of how you can offer something unique to, uh, you know, to the people that are into that type of content. And that could be something simple. Like, you know, if people are doing, you know, 30 minute, you know, reviews of these movies, maybe your way in could be like a, you know, five minutes or less of these. Um, maybe your way in, if everybody's on five minutes, could be a 30-minute version, right? Um, maybe yours could be, uh, you know, you're going to do the review, but you're going to do the review of an action movie like it would, like you'd be reviewing like a love story or something like that. Like I'm just kind of, you know, spitballing here, but the whole idea is just trying to think of something, you know, that you could do that would be unique. Roberto Blake in the house, what's up, dude? Says, you need a, oops, 
says, uh, so here, you need to, you need a unique value proposition and something makes you uh, non-duplicatable. My data dumps live and sheer amount of data is present and hard to copy. Ed had his, has his production. Nick has this stream. Yeah, it's like, you know, you find those things, right? And then even with those things, right, you still have to, uh, you know, you have to continue to evolve, you know, over time. Roberto Bake the legend. Absolutely. The man, the legend. And since I'm home now, hold on. For those of you that don't know, Roberto Blake's book, Create Something Awesome, you can get this on Amazon. Um, and this right here um, is, if you just look for Create Something Awesome on uh, Amazon, then you can pick up uh, Roberto's book. So uh, let's hear. So next up on the list here, we've got uh, The Dream Builder. The Dream Builder 21. Dream Builder 21 says that they do automotive content. The goal of the channel is to entertain people with my projects. And the question is, can you elaborate more on caption certification? Because I'm having a hard time understanding it. Thanks. All that is, is if your content has never aired, um, like if, if it hasn't been on TV or anything like that, just say no. That's it. That's all you got to do. Um, that, that particular part, um, as long as the content that you're using isn't something that's been played, um, you know, somewhere then just put that it hasn't been played uh, over there. Most of the YouTube settings are pretty cut and dry when it comes to that stuff to where you just have to say like, okay, yes, um, you know, this has been something that's been on TV or no, it's not something that's been on TV. And if you just look at that, like if you're doing movie reviews or something, then in that case, it would be different. Um, but if you are making, you know, 100% original content, then in that case, just mark it as something that, you know, hasn't been published elsewhere. In terms of like TV, you can publish it on other social platforms. Um, home rapid repair is our next question here. They've been on, uh, they publish one time per week or more. The type of channel is home improvements and the goal of the channel is to become a trusted source of home improvement tips and products. The question is, um, in November with YouTube changing the monetization controls, how will we see the live stream ad controls? If we only have StreamYard control open, um, seems confusing. Maybe I'll just keep mid roll off for live streaming. Yeah. So for that particular thing, um, of course, this is totally up to you. So, you know, they're putting mid rolls is still in our control for now. So, um, for those of you that don't know what's happening there, uh, basically in November, YouTube is going to remove our option to choose skippable and non-skippable ads. And instead, they are giving us the option to just turn ads on or off. And then if they're on, in that particular case, we can dictate what it is that we want out of the mid-roll. But we can't say that we want, you know, non-skippables or skippables. So because of that, um, the one option that they do have, because in the mid-rolls they have where YouTube can choose it or you can choose it, but then they also are having the option where it's a hybrid of the two. So if you are somebody that does not want those mid-rolls, then you would just put that you would manually select them like I have for this stream right now. Um, and then in that particular case, YouTube won't, you know, auto uh, put them in there. But one thing, just a heads up. Um, so if you are using StreamYard um, for your live streams, um, I still recommend that you have YouTube's back end open. Um, and the reason for that is because it just shows you a little bit, you know, more information. So if you're on a computer and you have StreamYard open in one tab, um, just have your YouTube backend open, make sure you mute it, you know, so it's not going to feedback through, um, you know, if you have computer audio on, um, but then just have it in another tab so you can click through it and check it. So you can check it just for like stream health. Um, you can check it for, you know, uh, chat revenue. If you're accepting like super chats, those sorts of things, um, you can see, you know, your concurrent viewers, all that good stuff. Um, but the idea is that you just have it there just so you can access those sorts of things. If 
um, you want to, because they also have like markers that you can add and that kind of stuff um, as well. You can also create like little clips and, you know, those sorts of things. So having that, um, you know, as just another tab is definitely, uh, definitely helpful. And uh, Renee also mentions that they are working on something um, like a compact version for the live control center. So it's easier to have that open as well. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah, super, uh, super excited for that one. Yeah, normally I'll just have it in another window or I'll just drop it, you know, in another tab. Um, it's not it's not that tough. You know, it'd be cool is um, if possible, like on the creator side, make it to where like if they pop out chat that it's automatically to where um, you have this section um, in the, you know, YouTube chat to where, uh, you know, at the very top, it has like the URL when you pop it out, it has the URL. And then underneath that, it has like top chat or live chat. And then it goes down into the chat. It'd be cool just to have like a little thing that opens up right above that top chat to where it just has that little control center, like right up there at the top. So then they could pop it out and they could have like the chat there um, if they wanted to. But I guess some people would just want the control center without the chat. So maybe that's not the best idea. I'm just thinking of my use case. <laughs> All right. So next up on the, uh, on the, on the list here, uh, we have, um, let's see here. Mike's auto detailing. Um, I just saw your thing in here. Thank you for um, your support for 39 months. Super uh, appreciate that. Um, so next up we have Emerald City Mystic and Enlavished is the name of the YouTube channel. Um, and did you get, oh, Enlavished is the, is the at. That's nice. That's nice. Um, let's see here. So the type of channel is lifestyle and enrichment of pets and people. The goal of the channel is to encourage people to live a good life with animals. Love it. I've got a little dog, so I absolutely love it. Um, and the question is, to achieve financial success, the fastest uh, through YouTube, is it better to upload quantity or quality when you start a new channel? I plan for the channel to generate revenue through more than just being monetized. So when it comes to, uh, hey, Don, what's going on, man? So when it comes to uh, quality versus quantity on YouTube, this is like an age old question, right? In terms of like, you know, should I upload more or should I spend more time focusing on, uh, you know, making sure that the videos that I upload are as good as I can possibly make them. So what I recommend is the very first thing is to audit your time and figure out you know how much time you can spend making content because when you are publishing videos to YouTube, if you wanna do this for a long period of time, then sustainability is important. In fact, my conversation at VidSummit is about sustainability where we're talking about you know your upload schedule, your, your mental health, your finances, you know, cause that's another part of it as well, you know, making sure that you're making enough money from your channel, that kind of stuff. Um, and I'm going into detail about that, but the idea is, when you are, uh, you know, when you're in that battle of like, hey, I could just upload, you know, a video that kind of sucks, or I could upload a video that, you know, that people might really enjoy. Um, in my opinion, I think that you should go with the one that people, you know, enjoy. And the reason for that is because, you know, these videos, every video that you publish to your channel it represents you in some way. Um, the videos that you're publishing today are also going to be in your archive. That means that let's say two years from now, you're still publishing videos to YouTube and and people are like loving your new content. Well, let's say they just love your content in general, or they love, you know, you as the content creator and they want to watch everything it is that you have. Well, as they start engaging more and more in your content, YouTube's going to detect that and YouTube's going to start picking different videos from your archive that the system thinks is going to be a good fit for those people. So because of that, what's going to end up happening is these videos that you're publishing today, people are still going to be running across them. So because of that, if your time is really tight or something like that, and you can only get things to a certain point, then do that, right? Because then that, you know, kind of gets the ball in motion and you can learn how to tweak things from there. But 
you should have a really strong balance between the quality in terms of like get it as good as you possibly can but don't try to make it so good that you become like a perfectionist about it and you can't publish a video because it's not perfect right don't get to that point but make videos make videos good right and 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 the whole thing with that is like every video and, and this is going to sound kind of weird but every video that you publish to your youtube channel is your opportunity to interact with and or impact another person in some way so if you're publishing content for the sake of just publishing content but you're not really you know trying to make it a great experience for the viewers in that particular case you might have some videos pop off and it might do fine but there's a, a higher likelihood that if you're not putting much care into those videos that the viewers probably aren't going to put much care into those videos either right so because of that the thing that I recommend that you do is work on the quality and keep in mind that ultimately quality is determined by the viewer experience, right? So we can make, we can make content and this is a really interesting thing about YouTube. We can make content that is technically as good as it can get right in terms of like the camera optics in terms of the audio quality in terms of what the set looks like and all of that stuff. But at the end of the day, if people don't respond well to that, then it's not a quality video. It's only quality in terms of production, but not quality in terms of performance, right? So because of that, you want to get your content in terms of quality to the at least be to where when you publish your videos that there's nothing about your content that is distracting the viewer. So what that means is it doesn't have to look amazing, right? It does, it represents you. So keep that in mind in terms of what it looks like, but it doesn't have to look amazing. Even if you're out in the street and you're on like content out there, you know, you don't have to use the best camera in the world. You can use your phone. It's perfectly fine. But when you are deciding to publish those videos to YouTube, just think to yourself, is there anything that I'm doing with this video in terms of, you know, how I'm editing it? That would be a, a, a weird distraction for viewers to where it's like, oh, okay, this is like way too much or this music's way too loud, you know, those types of things. Make sure you're removing any distractions like that. Make sure that you're removing any distractions in audio. Like if it's really noisy, you have all kinds of echoes going on in the, in the audio, um, you know, the, all kinds of crackling and all this, you know, other stuff that can happen in audio sometimes. You want to remove that too because that removes or, or that jumps in the middle as a distraction of the viewer experience and can cause people to tune out. Um, when it comes to your camera quality, your phone's fine, but make sure that you are lit if you're shooting indoors and if you're shooting outdoors, just make sure that you know, you're not moving the camera around too much and things like that unless it's appropriate for that scene that you're shooting. And uh, the whole idea with that is that it, it's, it's something that a viewer can't be distracted by. Right. So when you're thinking of quality and quantity, think, okay, first, I'm going to get my content to the point where I'm removing all of the technical distractions. So when people come in, they can just enjoy the content because they don't think, oh, this audio, I can't even hear what this person's saying, or I can't even see what they're trying to show me, or, you know, the camera's too shaky, I'm going to puke. Right. Um, when you remove those things, then the focus goes into the content itself. Then, you make content and you get things to the point where it's like, hey, when I'm publishing these videos, if I publish them, you know, once every two weeks or once a week or three times a week or whatever, whenever I publish them, people are responding to them, you know, at a rate that I'm happy with. And then from there, that's when you start thinking like, hey, um, now that I've learned how to make content that people respond to, do I want to ramp it up and publish multiple times a week or publish daily or publish three times a week? Or if you normally publish once a month, maybe you start publishing weekly, things like that. But first, focus on the viewer experience and getting people to respond. 
from there, that's when you start scaling things up. Once you, you know, crack that and you can get people to respond to your content, you know, in a positive way, that's when you start thinking to yourself, okay, is it like, do I want to make more, uh, you know, content and put out content? Because, you know, it doesn't matter if you have a new channel or an established channel, everything, you know, you live and die by how, by how people respond to what it is that you do. Um, and, you know, as a brand new channel, you can compete with established channels. So because of that, you are competing with established channels. So every video that you publish to YouTube is a video that YouTube will end up, you know, putting into their system. And you are going to be competing with people that do this professionally, right? So because of that, the quality has got to be at a certain rate in order to even compete in the first place, right? Um, and that's not necessarily, again, technical. It's more about how you're putting the content together, the value that you're offering, how you keep people watching, how you interrupt people at certain times in the content so that you can get them re-engaged in the content, things like that. The stories you tell, you know, all of that. Um, uh, those are the things that, you know, that you want to, that you want to focus on the most. That's a really long answer to a pretty easy question, but I just wanted to kind of go, you know, a little bit more informative on that one, just because, you know, it's a, it's, it's a very common question for a lot of, uh, <laughs> Chantel, it's it's a very uh, common, uh, very common question for, you know, a, a lot of people when they start, because you see all this stuff online and you hear all this, you know, different information about what you should do. Um, but one thing that's also helpful for that is, you know, if you get your own set of goals together and you get your own plan together for what it is that you're trying to accomplish to your YouTube channel, it make, makes questions like that a lot easier too. Because, you know, even though you are monetizing in different ways, um, it's, it's something that if you know what it is that you're trying to accomplish, then in that particular case, you know, you design everything it is that you're doing around that. Right. Um, to where, you know, you might be fine. You know, I have friends of mine. They they have better results uploading like weekly than some people that upload daily. Right. Just because they do a lot of research before they, you know, publish their videos. They, you know, target their videos for very specific audiences, things like that. And because of that, they're more effective one time per week than, you know, some um, of their competitors that are posting daily content. So, you know, just keep that in mind. Um, let's see here. Melinda Elliott. Um, thank you for the super chat says, um, my estimated revenue keeps dropping. Any ideas what I might be doing wrong? Um, so when it comes to your revenue, there's a few different things to think about. So, um, you have ad inventory in terms of like how much, you know, advertising are people buying? Um, you also have the topics that you're talking about and you have the audiences that are viewing the content as well. So, and you also have other things too, like, you know, like, are you publishing the same amount of vi videos compared to, you know, when you're, uh, you know, when you were making more money. Um, so there's those sorts of things as well. But basically what you want to look at, um, you know, if your revenue keeps dropping is one, it could just be that, you know, not as many people are running ads right now. Um, but, you know, as we start sliding towards the end of the year, then you should start seeing those come back up. Um, at least that's what happens historically. We'll see if it happens this year. Um, it, it should, but I'm just saying, you know, who knows? <laughs> um, uh, but, you know, I would go and I would look in your demographics, see if your audience has changed in terms of, you know, where in the world they're viewing your videos from. Um, because, you know, like, let, like, you know, let's say, for example, um, you know, uh, you're reaching people uh, in Thailand. Well, ad rates are extremely low here for advertisers. And because of that, the people that are viewing videos from here, um, they, you know, the, the ads that they're seeing on your videos, they're just not as, you know, they're, they're not, the advertisers aren't spending as much money, which means there's not more money to pass through to you, right? So if you notice like a shift in demographics, 
um, then that would explain why your ad rates are dropping. But it could just be an inventory thing for your particular niche, or maybe the keywords that people are targeting are also a large advertiser um, could have pulled out, or they could be taking a break until the next quarter or something like that. Um, let's see here. Um, and Renee says that, um, and if you're talking about the initial estimate versus the final payout, the latter will not include things like bot views, um, that get removed. Yes. They also verify, you know, all the views that come in, um, to your YouTube channel as well to make sure that everything's above board and, you know, all of that when it comes to everything, like the public view counts, your ad revenue and all that. Luigi Oliveira, um, 296 says that they upload, uh, one time per week or more. Um, they have a music channel. Um, the goal of the channel is to be rich and make money. Love the honesty. I, I love it. Nothing wrong with that. Um, the question is, uh, when will I receive my new YouTube shorts features? Um, they have six new tools. I do not have it. Can you tell me or can you look at my channel? Um, I'm waiting around seven weeks for this. So um, demographically, you know, it could be, you know, where you're based at, you know, um, you know, because YouTube rolls this stuff out, you know, at different times in different areas and all of that. Um, it could also be that for the tools that they're rolling out, um, they're just not all rolled out yet. So I would just double check on the dates for the features that you're looking for. Um, and look for any information about when those, you know, particular tools are rolling out. <laughs> oh, interesting. My uh, like button. I don't have my like button in here. Yeah, I do. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. Good, unique question here. It says, how can we stop bot views um, from happening in the first place? Unfortunately, that's not something that we can control. So, you know, because our videos are public, you know, um, on the internet, um, you know, it, it's possible for, you know, shady people to have their, you know, networks interact with our content in some way. So unfortunately, it's not something that we can, uh, it's not something that we can stop. Um, let's see here. Next up, we have um, Us Plus Dad says uh here let me uh scroll down here i'm gonna pin this one on the uh screen there boom that should do it oh it's coming up really slow got a, i got like a bunch of browser windows open that might be why um so let's see here so we have um us plus dad says that um, they do Roblox and role play content. The goal of the channel is to build an interactive Roblox community. The question is, when it comes to channel memberships, would you recommend going um, with YouTube's recommendations or personalizing them? Less than a month to VidSummit. Absolutely pumped for uh, VidSummit. I love that as we get closer to VidSummit, people keep bringing up VidSummit. Absolutely love it. Super excited to go this year with like the new venue and stuff. It's going to be awesome. But uh, um, let's see here. So that showed. I took it down. Okay, there we go. So um, let's see here. In terms of the channel memberships, um, uh, would you recommend going with YouTube recommendations? Yeah. So if you have ideas for things that you want to offer and, you know, different tiers that you want to offer, then, you know, experiment with those. Try them and see how it goes. And then from there, if you're like, hey, you know, uh, this isn't working out the way that I thought, then, you know, try, you know, recommendations from YouTube in terms of, you know, what they're suggesting um, that you should do there. Uh, let's see. We've got Adventures with Time. Adventures with Time does bi-weekly content. Um, the type of channel is watch content, and the goal of the channel is education and to make some money. And the question is, is there a way to use a custom thumbnail for a playlist? YouTube seems uh, to use the thumbnail of the first video in a playlist for the thumbnail of the playlist. So um, what you can do, let's see here if this is still available because they've messed with playlists quite a bit. Um, is you can select, hold on, um, doo -doo -doo -doo. 
Give me one second, just because I, I want to make sure this is still available before I tell you this, because um, I normally don't do that, um, but I'm just going to check here really quick, and let's go into this, and go here. So yeah, so we're still manually sorted, and... Yeah, so it looks like that feature might be gone now. Um, you used to be able to. Hold on. Um, let me make sure I'm in. Let me go into this one, and I'll do it here. Yeah, so it looks like that feature might be gone. Renee, correct me on that um, if it's not. But you used to be able to actually pick which one was going to show up there. Um, but it looks like that feature has uh, has since been removed. Like that particular thing isn't really that important. Like the titles, you know, going to show up for the playlist itself. And usually where those are displayed, like that thumbnail isn't like a huge deal anyway. So because of that, that's one of those things that like it's not that big of a deal. But um, if you're like, hey, I want to make sure that, you know, I have this selected so they see this when I mention this, in that particular case, it does become important. Um, but yeah, it looks like that particular feature um, doesn't seem to be in there anymore, um, as well as actually um, some of the other custom settings that were uh, in there as well. So next question, um, we have 13, 14. Oh, this is on the uh, different features there. So next up, we have uh, Camp Brood. Camp Brood, they upload one time per week or more. The type of channel is RV and hiking videos. The goal of the channel is helping parents plan hiking and RVing trips. The question is, how can I better research trending topics in my niche to find a larger audience? Great question. So um, there's tools to help you do this. Um, so first off, like one thing that I that I cannot put into words in terms of how powerful it is, is if you have the time, um, hang out and play, and you don't have to like, you know, interact even, but go and hang out in the places where people who are consuming your content are hanging out on the internet. Um, because what will happen very quickly is you'll start seeing like, whoa, a lot of people are talking about this right now. Um, and then you can, you know, and then you can be, you know, one of the first people to make videos about it. In addition to that, um, you also have Google Trends. If you go to trends.google.com, um, you can go there and you can start exploring, you know, what it is that people are looking for. Um, you can actually set it to where you can put in, um, you know, like topics that you're wanting to do. And then you can just look for those very specific topics. And you can also compare them against each other. So you can say, wow, a lot more people are interested in this than they are in this. And then you can scroll down the page. And here, I'll, I'll, I'll just show you real quick. Um, because we're here in my setup. So this might be just a tad laggy because I've literally got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different windows open and all of these windows have multiple tabs. So um, let's see here. So let me go to trends.google.com. Do you guys want to see this? Um, because before I even pull it up, I'm, I'll just you know make sure that you guys even want to see this in the first place. Um, so if you do, just say yes, and then I will, uh, you know, I'll get it in there. Yes. Okay. So we got one. Yes. Okay. So we'll pull it up. That's enough for me. <laughs> That's enough. Okay. So, um, uh, what you can do here, let me, um, let's see here. Let's do presents. Let's do share screen and then let's do Google trends and then share. And then let me turn off this plugin for dark mode. Boom. And it looks like this is taking a while to show up too. Oh, I wonder if that thing uh, was doing it a little bit. 
Okay. Yeah, my, my system's being really uh, buggy right now because I got all these windows open. Okay, so um, let's say, and this should pop up on screen here like any second, but let's say that um, your content is uh, Call of Duty, right? Because I know a lot of gamers hang out here, so that's why I'm doing it. So here, um, you know, you can see just the trend, you know, over time, over the past day um, for Call of Duty, this is a web search. So what you do here is if you're wanting YouTube specific, keep in mind, if you are somebody that makes search-based content, it's also a good idea to look at web search as well, because this is also a way that people find you. Um, so, you know, you can, you, if you make search-based traffic, you already see that you have Google as a traffic source, right? Um, so, in, and it shows up in your external. So uh, because of that, you can, you know, have this to web search and kind of use that as something as well. So you'd be like, hey, this topic, people are searching for it on YouTube and the web so that I'm doubling my chances of getting, you know, in front of people um, and, if uh, you know you make something that ranks well, um, it can also show up on like Bing and you know, like all the other search engines as well. But take advantage of this stuff now because who knows what ChatGPT is going to do to all this. But um, uh, let's see here. So if we change this to you know this is the past day, um, but just for the just for giggles here, we're going to change this to uh, the past seven days. Um, and we're just going to keep the category as uh, just kind of open there. But we've got Call of Duty. But one of the things that's cool is you can come down here and you can see that they have you know uh, the related queries, which is other stuff that people are looking for. And then you see this rising tag right here. This shows you like the you know things that are rising in that particular uh, that particular. Uh, uh, thing. So here, I don't know about the wild angler thing, but we've got like Call of Duty Mobile Season 8, um, you know, that has an increase. Mo uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare uh, 2 Season 6, the Battle Royale. And then, you know, it has multiple pages here as well. So I'm not going not gonna to go into all the pages. But the idea is that they have these rising options down here, even here, Call of Duty Finest Hour Video Game, to where you can just put your type of content in here and see if there's anything that's going on. Now, of course, you know your audience, you know, um, um, the best. So because of that, you want to make sure that you are considering, uh, you know, like uh, maybe people would be thinking of it in this way, right? So then you look for it that way. Other things you can do is you can do, okay, are people looking more for Call of Duty or are they looking more for Modern Warfare? Oops. Right? And of course, you have to double check and make sure that, you know, the modern warfare, that there's not other references and things like that. Um, but you can see here by the red, which is modern warfare versus Call of Duty, people are looking for Call of Duty, you know, a lot more um, in comparison. And then now you can also see any breakouts between the two. So you can be like, hey, people are looking for that one more, but, you know, we've got a 500% increase in modern, fare, uh, modern warfare to dark matter. So because of that, maybe I want to make a video about that right? Or this Orion cameo or whatever the thing is. But um, this particular tool, this is free, you know, Google makes this. And this is all based on the information that they are pulling from YouTube and, um, and from, you know, Google as well. Um, and Joseph says, is this Google Trends? Yes, um, this is definitely, uh, this is definitely Google Trends. But, um, but this is, this is great for other things too. Like you can see here, like in this particular case, I'm saying like, okay, here's Call of Duty. Um, and then I'm comparing that against, you know, people possibly looking for just modern warfare. So if you're making videos about things 
and you're like, huh, I wonder how people are thinking about this the most. This is a great way to, to use this tool. And a hidden thing that people don't think about with this is what this does is this not only shows you like, you know, what people are, you know, um, into more, but it shows you how they're thinking about it. And that's really important when it comes to writing your titles, because even if they might not be searching for it, there's a lot of people that are searching for it in that way, which means that if you also add those types of things to your titles, that if people are already thinking about it at scale that way, that if you make a, a title um, that has that in there, then that's also going to help other people that are thinking that way identify that particular piece of content as something that they might be interested in, right? Um, and you're giving yourself the opportunity to speak to that target audience that you're trying to reach in the language that they're using, in other words, right, the way that they're thinking about it. Um, so that can be really helpful as well. So for example, um, and I haven't looked at this uh, in a while, but I love giving this example. Because uh, with TubeBuddy, right, people look for it um, in different ways. So in that particular case, even though this is this is super trivial, and this is like this is just how my brain works, but this particular thing, it might not even matter. But because you know uh, I'm into you know this kind of stuff, um, and and let's just take this to like let's say like the past thirty days. So one of the things that, you know, I would do because, you know, um, if I'm wanting to reach people who are thinking about TubeBuddy, of course, I would want to reach people who don't know about TubeBuddy as well so that they would actually give it a shot. But if I wanted to reach people, you know, a video about how to use TubeBuddy to get more views on your channel or something like that, in that particular case, I would write TubeBuddy as one word because that's how people think about it the most, right? So because of that, even in these little details, you can use trends to better understand your audience and how they're thinking about things. So, you know, we have, um, you know, right here, uh, investing for freedom, um, says that, you know, they like this. So, uh, when it comes to this sort of thing, like even in your case, right? Like, um, if you are talking about investing, you can be like, okay, well, if I'm trying to reach people that are new to investing, let me spend an hour in Google trends and just start kind of trying to think of different ways that people might be looking for this stuff that I'm that I'm making. Um, and you can hop into like Reddit, for example, and you can go into the finance uh, things there, look at all the titles that they have and start looking for specific language that people are using and then come and drop it into here and start you know comparing it and seeing like, okay, how are people actually thinking about this stuff? And, um, and then you can leverage that as a way to better connect with people from the outside that are interested in your type of content. So uh, this is a super underrated tool when it comes to, you know, uh, being a content creator and uh, better understanding um, your audience and also, you know, just keeping track on what's going on. Um, another thing too, is if you are just making like general, you know, content, you can see here, if I just click on the homepage, it just shows me kind of, you know, what's going on, you know, um, like in the world. Um, it also shows me if I go to trending now, um, daily search trends, real-time search trends, and you can also isolate these. So let's say you're making content for Canadians or for people in the UK or something like that, then you can, you know, make that choice here. But then if you scroll down here, this shows you just what's happening, you know, what people are interested in right now, um, you know, in the world. So, uh, you know, you can use this if you're doing news content, if you're trying to tap into pop culture in some way. So let's say like in the, uh, you know, for the finance channel, let's say that, you know, there's something that happens in the financial world and they see, you know, it pop up here in their trends and they're like, oh, uh, you know, it looks like this thing happened and it looks like a lot of people are interested in this. Let me make a video, right? So uh, you can you can use this in a lot of different ways, but this is a super valuable tool that everybody should have as part of their uh, as part of their toolkit. Hopefully you found that helpful.
thanks for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> All right, let me uh, let, let's go back. Uh, let me go back to another one here. Let me turn this light down. I'm just going to keep on the bright mode here, actually, because I think that plugin was actually slowing down my uh, browser. I'm going to turn the light down a smidge. There we go. Okay. So let me close that one because that's just a whole other browser window. I'm going to close that. I'm going to close this YouTube in the back end, kind of reduce some of these windows. Already running smoother. That's weird because this machine is usually uh, does not have that kind of trouble. So uh, let's see here. It's got to be that plugin. Dream Builder, thank you for the super chat. Super, super appreciate it. So our next question here is from uh, Camp Brood. Um, Camp Brood. Says, how can I better research? Okay, we got that one covered. Um, hopefully that helped. Um, and uh, Diane says that uh, it seems like most of the tools I see folks talk about um, aren't included um, in the low level that I can afford. Okay, so here's the thing. L let's go through this really quick. Okay, so if you're somebody that's, that is, um, uh, you know, trying to, you know, do all this stuff, but let's say that you just don't have the budget to, you know, invest in the hobby or whatever, um, in that particular case, you can use uh, Google Trends. Um, that's an amazing free tool. You can use a website called answerthepublic.com. Um, that gives you, I believe it's three free searches per day. So you gotta be really intentional when you use it. Um, but that you know can also help you uncover similar information in terms of what people are looking for around the type of content that you make. Um, in addition to that, TubeBuddy has forever free features. Um, so some of them are limited, but you know they can get you in there. TubeSpanner has forever free features, again, you know, limited, but, you know, they can get you in there and, 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 you know, help you get started, give you some additional information, make the workflow easier, things like that. Um, let's see here. What else? On the free side. So um, you also have things like, uh, I think Canva might have like a base free plan for uh, graphics, but I know that there's a, a site called, I think it's, man, it's on the tip of my tongue, but I can't remember. They basically have a web-based Photoshop clone, and I can't remember the name of it, but that's a free one um, as well. So, yeah, you definitely have, you know, free tools available at your uh, disposal. For those of you that are like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm doing this as a hobby right now, and, you know, I'm not going to spend my, you know, money on this stuff. Um, uh, you know, a lot of these things have, you know, limited versions of, you know, uh, um, of what it is that they offer. Or it's just, you know, or just free stuff. Photo P, that's it, Doug to the rescue. Yeah, so Photo P is the um, other free uh, web-based one. All right, so let's get back into uh, the content here. I mean, I guess that is kind of content, isn't it? So the questions is what I meant to say. So um, yeah, Photo P, yep, Roberto came in there too. Thank you, my man, appreciate it. So um, the next question that we have, is trying to learn bikes. Uh, they do motorcycle DIY maintenance content. The goal of the channel is to help others perform maintenance on their motorcycles and also learn how to create videos that are good enough that even people who don't care about motorcycles would still be interested to watch. Oh, I love it. Uh, the question is, uh, do you think consistently posting polls and quiz questions in the community has any value in gaining subscribers and getting people into watching my videos? Thank you to advance um, for your excellent advice. So when it comes to you're using your community post post for questions and polls. If you use it intentionally to better understand your viewers, 
then yes. In terms of like, hey, I'm gonna make this community post and then I'm gonna get a bunch of subscribers from it, I wouldn't count on that. However, if you're asking questions to them, what kind of motorcycle do you have? Um, what are your biggest maintenance problems when it comes to your motorcycle? Um, do you use uh, um, spoked wheels on your motorcycle or do you use like mag style rims? I'm not sure what the language is there. Um, do you uh, you know use a lot of accessories with your motorcycle? If so, in this poll, what do you have? Saddlebags, um, you know, custom exhaust, uh, you know, maybe a little bag, you know, on the handlebars, whatever that would be called, um, you know, those types of things. But asking all of these questions um, can help you better understand the people that you are reaching with your content. Also, like, hey, what, uh, you know, what, um, you know, do you typically take long road trips on your bikes or do you uh, just ride your bikes, you know, around town? And that lets you know, you know, like, are they just kind of like an enthusiast that kind of does it on the weekends? Maybe they just kind of use it to kind of cruise around and enjoy the weather. Um, or are they like a serious, you know, rider where they are, you know, packing up and they're taking like, you know, week long holidays um, on their on their bikes. Um, it just helps you better understand the people that you're trying to reach, which then in turn helps you be able to serve them better based on, you know, your understanding of them. So, you know, the best thing you can do for everybody here, best thing you can do to grow your channel, I mean, outside of making good videos and helping people identify them from the outside is um, understand who it is that you're trying to reach and do everything you can, you know, like, um, uh, for example, like I'll pop into like different reddits sometimes and people are like, oh yeah, you know, experienced creators don't come in here. And I'm like, uh, I'm here. <laughs> right. But, uh, you know, the, the, the whole thing is like, uh, uh, you know, when you immerse yourself, you don't have, you don't have, you don't have to immerse yourself like that. that that's being extreme. If you're just paying attention to what's going on around the type of content that you, that you put out, um, it can really give you tons of insights in terms of, you know, the, the problems that people are having, the things you can help them solve. Um, it gets a little bit more complicated when you start doing like entertainment based content, <clears throat> like challenges and stuff like that. Um, because that's not as easy to, you know, identify the audience outside of like what other stuff might they be watching? You know, that's where that kind of stuff comes in handy, which YouTube provides for free. Um, uh, but you know, when you do have content where like, Hey, I'm trying to reach these types of people so that I can help them do this surrounding yourself or paying attention to, you know, the that type of viewer on different platforms on the internet can be extremely advantageous. For example, that video that I just published uh, yesterday, the one that's pinned at the top of the uh, screen right now, the inspiration for that video is Reddit because, you know, that's just been like, I keep seeing it. You do the, the, you know, ad thing, YouTube advertising, YouTube advertising, YouTube advertising. So I'm like, all right, well, looks like uh, we got to make a video on this. And then, you know, the invalid traffic um, is also, you know, coming up um, as well. So, it's helpful. So next up, we've got uh, Gaming with Sarah. Gaming with Sarah, uh, they upload one time per week or more. Uh, they do gaming content. The goal of the channel is for fun and hopefully get money, moolah. And the uh, question is, have you ever thought about making a gaming channel or making uh, gaming content in general? Uh, my girlfriend and I actually entertained the idea for a little bit because we play Fortnite um, on a uh, regular basis. Um, that's kind of like our wind down. Um, so we, we just, we like it. We just go in as a team, split screen. We go in and we, you know, just rip people to shreds in, uh, in Fortnite. So, uh, you know, uh, because of that, you know, we have a lot of fun, um, doing that. So we've considered, you know, like, uh, you know, like making like a little channel out of it or something like that. Um, but you know, it, it it's not going to happen. Um, just because, you know, we do that to relax and I don't want to make like a thing out of it because just the way my brain works, if I make a thing out of it, then it'll be like, okay, well, you know, we got to make sure we're doing this and more playing. We got to make sure we're doing this and, you know, and, and, and I'll start attaching requirements to it, which will then dilute, you know, the, uh, the fun that we have with it. So 
But we, we, we've tossed around the idea, though. Um, next up, we've got Back to Boom Bap. Love it. Um, they do entertainment uh, content. It's hip-hop. And the goal of the channel is to become a full-time content creator and have financial freedom and time freedom. Yep. And the question is, I'm wanting to know if posting podcast episodes and shorts on my main channel can negatively impact the views on my long-form content. I'm not currently getting significant views in any of the formats, but my question is more about if it's good practice to put other formats on separate channels, or can they all be on my one channel? So for anybody dealing with this, what you want to think about, if you are like, hey, should I put you know this live stream that I'm going to do or this podcast idea that I have, should I put this on my main channel or should I start uploading shorts? What you want to think about is... Will this content be a perfect fit for the people that I'm ultimately trying to reach? So in your case, it would be people that are interested in, you know, hip hop music, specifically boom bap, um, possibly if that's, you know, what you're putting out on your channel mostly. Um, that's where, uh, you know, you you want to make sure that if you're going to do a podcast, you're talking about that, right? So it's not a podcast about what's happening in the world. It's a podcast about that type of music. Um, if you are going to be uploading shorts, maybe it's shorts that are either making it, if you're showing people how to make it. Maybe it's shorts where you're doing like breakdowns of, you know, like different boom bap and kind of what makes it boom bap compared to another type of, you know, hip hop, um, you know, those sorts of things, maybe, you know, giving like artist breakdowns, things like that, something that would be, you know, appropriate for just like quick bites in the short shelf, um, uh, you know, just make sure that it aligns with the people that you are, you know, ultimately trying to reach with the other formats of your content as well. Um, let's see here. And that doesn't mean, just to be clear, that doesn't mean that it has to be the same exact type of content that you're putting out. It just has to be in alignment. So you can offer different value. Um, it just needs to make, you just need to make sure that it's for the same people, right? Because, you know, people, you know, experience things in different ways. Like for example, um, just to show you where you can kind of mess this up easily. Um, in that particular case, if you have a channel about, you know, um, uh, uh, Boombop, then in that particular case, if you are publishing, uh, you know, shorts and those are showing people how to make it, but then on your, you know, main channel, you are digging into like the history of it and the artists in that particular case, those are two totally different audiences. Even though there could be some crossover, those are really two different audiences because you have the people that are, you know, interested in the history and, you know, interested in the artists themselves and all of that, that don't even care about making it. They'll never, you know, make the music. They have no interest in actually putting it together themselves. Um, but they love the artists, they love the music and they want to know more about it. Whereas, you know, if you're are doing that training content, then those people, they're trying to make it. And some of them may or may not care about the history of it, right? So because of that, you know, you can put yourself in a situation where you are through the formats that you're publishing, that you are actually reaching different audiences. And that's where people start giving the feedback of like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this, but it's not working, you know, over here, people aren't crossing over or, you know, it's negatively impacting things. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. Don Juan says, yep, I've seen your comments on Reddit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm over in the new tubers. Actually, my latest video, I got a bunch of screenshots from the uh, new tubers subreddit where a lot of those things uh, come from. Um, let's see here. So next up, we've got uh, Keith Guppy Photography. Keith Guppy has a, uh, oh, sweet. I still have coffee in here. Um, has a photography channel. The goal of the channel is to help others with photography and eventually entertain. The question is, how do I know if my personality is stopping people from subscribing to my channel or my content? Being autistic, I feel like it's uh, personality, but it would be good if I could measure it. Make a faceless video. 
That's how. So if you make a video um, uh, that that the where people can't look at it and judge you in any way, then that will be a good way um, to figure out if it's if it's you know you or the content. But keep in mind it would have to be repeatable um, in terms of like okay um, I made this video, people enjoyed it. Um, now let me make another one and see if they enjoy that one too, right? And just kind of rinse and repeat that process. Um, but you know those types of things do happen. You know so when people go into content, if we like it or not, you know people are making judgments on what it is that they see, what it is that they here. They're making judgments on the environment that you're in. They're, if it's inside or outside, doesn't matter, right? People are making judgments about everything. Oh, why is that? Why is that thing there? Why does he have pillows, you know, sitting there in the back? Um, that's just so that you can see him here on the stream. But you know, why? Well, that's stupid. Why does he have a light, you know, kind of going across there? And then he's got like a blue light, you know, on there too. That's dumb. This framing is weird, right? Everything's at an angle instead of it being straight behind him, right? Like people, there's people probably that have come into this stream today that have been like, huh, that framing is a little bit weird with, you know, the different angles. Technically, we got like leading lines and stuff like that if you wanted to. But, you know, some people would be like, yeah, it should be straight or like whatever. And because of that, you know, they're making a judgment. Other people will come in and they'll see the gray hair. And they'll be like, oh, okay, not going to listen to this dude. He's like, a, you know, like a thousand years old. Um, you know, like I'm 20, so I'm not going to listen to this dude. Like, uh, you know, people just make judgments. We're humans. It's what we do. So, uh because of that, you know, it's definitely possible, you know, that that could be a thing. Um, but, you know, keep in mind that there's a lot of successful content creators that, you know, that do have, um, you know, all types of, you know, different life situations and they still thrive. So, you know, if you want to test that, you can through, you know, faceless content or having somebody else do the voiceover or something like that. So then you just focus it on the topic and the things that you're sharing. Um, um, but if you want to grow a community around you and what it is that you like to do and, you know, how it is that you're serving them. Them, then in that case, you know, you might want to keep yourself in it. So it's just, you know, making the call, you know, on your end on uh, the approach that you want to take. Uh, let's see here. So next up, next up on our list or next question. There we go. So we got um, show and tell knitting. They do long form content about knitting and knitting of others. And the goal of the channel is to share my work, build community. And the question is, I have over 1,300 subscribers. High five and fist bump to you. Nice work on your first 1,300, but relatively few views. I use loads of keywords, appropriate titles, thumbnails. How can I get more views? So keep in mind that using loads of keywords, um, you got to be really careful with that. So instead of using loads of keywords, if you are, you know, going to be uh, like search targeting, um, or if you are, uh, you know, going to be including them in your titles and whatnot, um, you want to pick like a, you know, keyword or keyword phrase. Technically, you can kind of stack things a bit based on how you structure your titles. Um, but you really want to, you know, just kind of focus them on like a thing, right? Um, but right here, show and tell knitting podcast for knitters. Um, let's see here, show and tell. Okay. So I'm going to pull this channel up really quick. And I hope this is okay. But you know, I'm, I'm doing this just because you know, you asked the question. And I just want to just kind of use this as an opportunity, um, just to you know, give you some um, insights here. And this is this is one that is, um, you always hear me during these live streams for everybody that's hanging out here, or at least people that are here on a regular basis, you always hear me talking about the importance of helping people identify um, what your content is from the outside. Um, I'm going to show this channel just to show you uh, an example of one thing that I think would be helpful here um, in this particular uh, in this particular case. So just give me one second. I'm trying to uh, share this. My browser is being like super weird um, today. So let me present. Oh, that's why I did the stop screen instead of the present. Okay. Present. 
And then we're going to share screen and we're going to get show and tell knitting and then we're going to hit share. Is it sharing it to a different thing? I don't think so. Yeah, it's kind of waiting for this to pop up and then I'll, uh, and then I'll show you. But basically, um, just to let you know what you're getting ready to see once this pops up um, is in this particular case um, for you show and tell knitting, um, currently all of the imagery that I'm at least seeing in your past videos that you've published over the last month, all of these videos, the thing that would be the most important to a knitter, which is, you know, stuff about patterns and knitting. I mean, you know, right, you're a knitter. So all of the stuff that, you know, people would use to identify that the content is about knitting um, is really hard to see at a smaller size. And in some of these, you can't see it at all. So um, as this loads up here, and I'm going to go check out the, uh, oh, I bet this is why it's, uh, it's doing that. Hold on. I have it added, so just give it one second here, and it'll, it'll pop up for you guys. But basically, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show your channel right here in just a second. There we go. Okay. So with this, um, if you look at your thumbnails here, right, and I'm going to increase the size. There we go. So if you look at your thumbnails here, one of the one of the things that you have to think about is if somebody were to see this content on their homepage, right, or on, on, on a computer or on a mobile device, what about these thumbnails would help them identify that this has something to do with knitting, right? That's step number one. So when it comes to your content, it's important to make sure that you're thinking about like, okay, the very first step of getting a view on YouTube is somebody seeing my thumbnail and title and thinking, oh, I wonder what this is. And then they click on it. That's the very first step. <clears throat> so because of that, what you should be doing is thinking about, okay, if this were to show up on somebody's mobile feed, or if this were to show up, uh, you know, on somebody's homepage on YouTube, how would this just stand out as a piece of, you know, knitting content? And what imagery could I use that would clearly show that it was knitting content? So for example, right? Like, I, I'm not sure what this is. It looks like a phone um, that you have going on here. So this one here is a knitting podcast, right? So you have the word knitting um, in your title. So that's one step, but you got to grab their attention first. So instead, what I, what I would suggest that you do for the next handful of videos that you publish, and I hope you're still, oh yeah, you are still uh, around, okay. So the, the first thing that I would do for the, for the next videos that you publish, and really I would even go into some of these old videos and do the same exact thing, is think to yourself, since you're somebody that's into knitting, think to yourself, okay, if I were to see this on YouTube's homepage and I didn't know who I was, um, if I was a total stranger, just like the strangers that are gonna be interacting with your content, what about this thumbnail would scream to me that this is about knitting. What imagery could I use in my thumbnail that would scream to the potential viewer that this is about knitting? That would be that would be step one, right? The next thing is when it comes to your titles, right? Right now, your titles start with show and tell, 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 right? So that's the series, right? That's the, that's the you know, how you're naming everything and all of that. So when it comes to, uh, when, it com when it comes to best practices, when it comes to YouTube, um, and, and again, this is a usability thing, right, for the viewers. So when it comes to uh, uh, best practices for YouTube, any like episode numbers, any, you know, consistent things like that that you put into your video content, that should go at the end of the title. 
And the reason for that is because it's best practice to take the information that would be the most impactful to the viewer in helping them identify what the content could be about and put that at the front, right? Because when you have like, uh, you know, the knitting podcast for vintage knitters, if you have that up closer to the front of the title for people that, you know, read English, they're going to read from left to right there. And when that shows up, if you can grab their attention with the thumbnail, their eyes are going to go down to the title to see what's going on with that particular video to see what it's about or what it's offering. And then they're going to see show and tell the knitting podcast. So they're going to get to it fast enough, but you can get it to them. You can get the knitting information to them faster if you move it to the front of the title or as close to the front of the title as makes sense for, you know, the structure of it. So for example, I would remove completely show and tell. I would remove the colon and I would remove the word the, and I would focus on knitting podcast for, uh, for vintage knitters and lovers of all things vintage. Um, I, even with that, like the readability, there's like a little bit, you know, off. So I would try to simplify that title as much as you possibly can and make it more about what it is that you're offering versus the theme of the show right? Because the whole idea there is if somebody is seeing that on YouTube and you're like, hey, this is a podcast for knitters, that's fine. But what are you offering in that podcast? Why should somebody click on that podcast? Because if it's a podcast for knitters, that's that's one thing, right? But if it's a podcast that's sharing a very specific thing about knitting at that moment in time, then in that particular case, based on the interest of the viewer, they could be like, oh, oh, they're talking about this specific thing. Okay, that's cool. Let's go in and have that conversation, right? Um, so because of that, um, I would, I would spend a lot of time working on, um, the thumbnails and titles just to get more people clicking. Right. And then from there, you'll start getting more, uh, data. I mean, you've got, you know, hundred views here, 188 views here. So, you know, you're, you're, you're on the way. Um, but I would definitely start really putting a lot of energy into thinking about how you're going to capture people's attention and how you can use your titles to inform them about what they might get out of the videos. Right. Um, and then by doing that, Remember that your thumbnail and your title, they work together as a team to win the click. So what you want to make sure that you're thinking about is my thumbnail is going to grab their attention. Maybe they'll click on it, but probably not. They'll probably go down to the title. And when they go to the title, how am I going to use that combination to grab their attention and then inform and compel them to click on the video to come in and participate in what it is that I'm doing? Um, so that would be that would be step number one um, for you when it comes to, uh, you know, trying to you know, get that better uh, response from what it is that you're doing. And keep in mind, that's at the click level. And that's just them, that's just them, you know, uh, clicking. Um, another thing too, um, just to consider is, you know, here you have like, you know, how do you store yawn, you know, stash chat, uh, you know, number three, and this is just like a conversational like interview thing. Um, so also keep in mind when it comes to your content, a lot of this looks like it's just conversations that you're that you're having um, with people, some of them are. Um, but also a really easy way to get attention on YouTube is teaching people how to do stuff. So if you're, you know, making knitting content and, you know, I haven't deep dive on your channel. Like I just know enough about it from, you know, what I just pulled up here during the stream. But, um, another thing, um, just to, you know, remember is that if you are teaching people some stuff, that's also a great way to introduce them to some of this other things within the niche, um, that you are, you know, that you are offering as long as it's a good alignment with that, you know, target audience that you're, that you're trying to reach. Um, let's see here. So next up um, on this uh, list here, we've got run number 20 already. This is fantastic. Um, we have uh, Celtic D 
Detectorist is the uh, name of the YouTube channel. Um, the goal of the channel is to show people the things that I find. And the question is, my niche is very specific and only a limited amount of people. Um, I would like to know how I can up my game and get better audience retention. So if the niche is very specific and has a limited amount of people, then you are already aware that, you know, that's, um, that's definitely putting like some caps on, on what it is that you're doing. But for the people that do find and enjoy that content, um, the best way to adjust your audience retention or to, you know, get a better retention is first remove the things that could distract them from the actual content. So for example, if you have a lot of unnecessary information at the beginning of your video, strip it out and get them right into the content itself. Um, of course, quick introduction, something like that, it's fine. You know, hey, you know, hey, I'm Nick, welcome to the video, something like that, that's fine. Um, uh, but, you know, making a very long, unnecessary, you know, intro or having like a big, long, unnecessary logo intro, um, that's another thing that I would definitely try to, you know, um, avoid because those types of things can cause viewers to leave videos. In some cases, it's fine. Um, but, you know, look in your audience retention reports and you'll be able to tell. Um, other things as well is if you do get people watching the content, go into your audience retention reports and just look to see if there's anything that you're doing that causes people to leave. So when it comes to your audience retention reports, for those of you that are new to YouTube, just in case you don't know that this exists, um, your audience retention reports are a graph that YouTube gives us that shows us a few different things. Um, the first is it shows us how people are responding to our content second by second, right? Um, it's a graph that shows how people on average are responding to the content as they're watching the video. So here you wanna look for places that people are you know, rewinding um, or ways that, or places that people are entering the video from people sharing it, you know, in that moment, that kind of stuff. Um, you also want to look for people leaving the video. You want to look for dips um, in the audience retention reports. All of these things help you identify how people are responding to everything it is that you're doing. So for example, if you notice when your video first starts, you have this huge drop off here and you drop down to like, you know, 90%, almost everybody's gone, you know, of the video. And then, you know, it kind of stables out and then just kind of, you know, drops off from there. In that particular case, you got to work on the beginning of your video, right? Because that, because you're not able to get people past that first, you know, like 10, 15, you know, 20 seconds, 30 seconds of the video. So because of that, you know, you got to spend time. Keep in mind, a drop is normal um, on YouTube in terms of people coming into the video. Um, that drop, that initial drop is normal, but you want to catch it as fast as you possibly can. Um, so you have to make sure that you are, you know, just looking at your audience retention reports for that so you can identify problem areas. And then you can work on those areas through experience experimenting with additional content that you publish. Then you have your, the, uh, another part of your audience retention report is um, the compared to other videos. So, and it's so hard because the relative retention is just ingrained in my brain. So now that they changed the label, I'm having to like retrain myself on how to talk about it. But compared to other videos, formally uh, 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 relative retention, is how your videos are competing against other videos of similar length on the platform. So with that particular one, it gives you insights into, okay, I'm putting out videos, my audience retention say that, you know, my videos are okay. So now if I go to compare to other videos, how do my videos compare against other videos of similar length? And then you can see if you're above average, below average, um, and the different areas of your video where you're at for those particular parts of the video. So ultimately you always want, you know, above average because then people are responding to your videos, you know, at the highest, you know, level for that length of video. Um, but, you know, you'll find um, often that, you know, when you go into those, you know, a lot of times, you know, it's parts of them are below average. Sometimes if you're, if the video you put out, cause we don't always nail it, right? We're content creators. So sometimes we nail it. Sometimes we don't. 
So when you publish it, you know, maybe you have the entire video that's, you know, uh, below average. In that particular case, then it's like, okay, well, my audit retention report says that people liked it, you know, like, okay. But then when I see that, then it's like, oh, wow, I'm like way underperforming here. So it makes total sense that I'm not getting, you know, tons of activity, you know, on this particular video, because compared to, you know, other videos that people could watch of similar length, I'm just not competing. Um, and then you have the other one, which shows you direct places where people are, are leaving. So it'll show you like little spikes, like, ooh, a lot of people left here, a lot of people left here, a lot of people get left here. And um, all of that stuff also just gives you more information in terms of just letting you know exactly how people are responding to everything it is that you're doing. So in order to find that, for those of you that are new, you find that in the um, uh, in the uh, analytics for the individual videos. So you don't look at that at the channel level, you look at that at the individual video level. Um, let's see here. So hopefully that, um, that helps in terms of, you know, up in your game and getting better audience retention reports is you use the data that you get from how people are interacting with your content. Um, because those are, those are the people that are interacting, right? So that's why, that's why it's important to use your analytics for that. Um, um, because those are the people that are actually interacting. Like you'll get feedback from friends, you'll get feedback from family, you'll get feedback from other people, you know, and like, you know, if you're like in YouTube communities and stuff like that, you'll get all kinds of feedback, but the feedback that matters the most is like, how are the people that are actually clicking on this and that are making the conscious choice that I'm trying to reach? How are they responding to what it is that I'm doing? Right? So you got to make sure that you're, uh, that you're watching that. Um, so here, so next up we've got living, laughing and crafting with the crones nice or with crones the kind of channels reaction and crafting the goal of the channels to reach monetization and educate people on crafting and the question is i run a reaction crafting channel my question is how to make it a community that has a lot of reactors already established um i've added crafting to my live reactions to help set my reactions apart how else can i do um i also i know you uh say to make your title before your vid how can a reactor do this when watching the video uh blind yeah in that particular case like uh you know if you're doing it after the fact then you know of course yeah you can change it uh you can change it uh, or, you know, you might not, you know, uh, do it to where you have the title and thumbnail idea first. Um, still, see, you know, you might be able to, to where it's like, you know, hey, you know, this person reacts to this or, you know, something like that. Um, uh, or if you think that it's probably not going to be that great, just give yourself some different options. Hey, if it's a positive thing, then maybe I would write this title. If it's a negative thing, maybe I'd write this. If it's kind of neutral, then maybe I would write this and just kind of give yourself some ideas there. Then you are, then you at least have something to kind of go with. But um, if you're like, hey, that's not going to work out for my type of content, that's fine. It doesn't work out for everything. So uh, in your particular case, then just do that stuff after the uh, after the reaction. But in terms of how to make it a community that has a lot of reactors already established, in that particular case, that'll come down to just you networking with other content creators. So if you're you know trying to connect with other people that are making reaction videos, that's going to come down to you connecting with them you know online, um, you know through Twitter and you know any other places where people are hanging out um, in order to. Uh, you know, uh, make those connections. Um, let's see here. Marcelina, that's awesome. Yeah, thank you for that. I'm glad that you uh, are enjoying the content. Um, let's see here. So next up on the list, we've got... Uh, let's see. Beach Bum and Dad. Beach Bum and Dad. Um, they do daily content. The type of channel is travel, beachcombing, and travel content. Um, the goal of the channel is to be a full-time content creator editing for me and for other channels. The question is, I receive 150,000 shorts views per month. 
Roberto has stated that the conversion rate for subscribers is one to 3% on long form videos. And I'm guessing that it's less for shorts. Um, while I ask and use pop-up CTAs, what would you suggest I do to con uh, increase that conversion rate? Mr. Be uh, Mr. B says you'll get a cookie. Should I say that? LOL. Um, thanks, Nick. Love your live stream. So glad you're enjoying the streams. So if you are trying to get more people to subscribe, then, you know, it's ultimately going to come down. I mean, yes, asking them to subscribe. Um, like the visual pop-ups are okay. Um, asking them is leveling that up. But when you ask them, try to be as succinct as possible and front load your ask with the value that they're receiving from the content. So in your particular case, they're doing travel and beachcombing. So in that, in that particular case, it could be something like, oh, hey, and by the way, uh, um, my channel helps you, uh, uh, you know, my, you, uh, I'm trying to think how to do this around travel. Um, so your video is going and then you jump in, you're like, Oh, Hey, by the way, uh, my channel, uh, um, or no, by the way, if you, uh, are an avid traveler and you want to see the best places in the world, so then it makes it about them first. So you, video content's rolling and you jump in, you're like, oh, hey, by the way, uh, if you're an avid traveler and you want to stay up to date on the best places or exactly whatever it is that you share on your channel, um, you want to stay up to date on the best places uh, to go on a budget or whatever the thing is, um, then, uh, you know, make sure you subscribe. Um, in that particular case, it's quick. It, you know, front loads it with the value that they are going to get out of the, you know, content that you're going to continually publish through the channel. And then you drop the call to action at the end. Um, uh, or you close them, um, essentially, depending on, you know, the language that you want to use. So, um, in that particular case, that's what I've found. Um, and that's worked across niches, um, to be, you know, the most effective way to build out a call to action is you front load it with value and then you close them on the call to action. And of course you try to make it as fast as possible because, you know, people aren't watching videos so that they can be told to subscribe. They're watching videos for the content. So because of that, when you front load that value, it, it, it's like, oh, okay, this is, this conversation is still about me, the viewer, right? And then you drop the thing in terms of, uh, you know, um, the call to action to subscribe. Blaze Creativity says, you um, idea on imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome is like a real thing. Um, so this one's out of the chat, this question right here, I'm answering this one directly out of the chat. So imposter uh, syndrome is a, you know, it's, it's a real thing. And a lot of people, you know, deal with imposter syndrome, even when you're successful, even when you know what you're talking about, there's always people that are smarter. So because of that, you know, it can make you feel, um, you know, inferior at times, or it can make you feel like, you know, since this person over here is like, you know, way smarter at me than this, then that makes it seem like or makes me feel like I don't know enough or that I should know more or something like that. And, um, and it can make you feel, you know, kind of weird. So, uh, you know, because of that, you know, imposter syndrome is definitely a thing. But um, if you are dealing with imposter syndrome, one thing that um, that I recommend that you do is there is a book called Expert Secrets um, by... His name is uh, Richard, I want to say, no, it's not Richard Brand, but he he, he is the guy behind ClickFunnels. Um, but the book, um, Expert Secrets, it kind of puts everything into perspective um, in terms of, you know, the imposter syndrome thing. And the whole idea that he expresses in the book is if you're teaching people stuff, then in that particular case, like you don't have to know everything about the thing that you're teaching people. You need to know more than the people that you're teaching so that you can continue to add value to them. And as you continue to learn, you continue to deliver that information to people that are also continuing to learn. Um, and then, you know, you end up 
staying, you know, ahead of people, you know, in that particular case. Um, so uh, if you are struggling with that, that's a, that's a, you know, fantastic, uh, you know, book for that sort of thing. Russell Brunson. Thank you, Roberto. Um, yeah, Roberto's like saving the day today. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, that particular one, he says, I mean, pretending um, you're an expert. Yeah. With, with the fake it till you make it thing, you don't want to do that um, because people see through all that stuff. So, you know, if you are doing like a fake it till you make it type of thing, like that's the worst way to, you know, uh, do anything. Um, and the reason for that is because when you don't know what it is that you're talking about, people that know what they're talking about can see that you don't know what you're talking about and it makes you look even worse. So because of that, take the time to learn, you know, whatever it is that you are sharing with people and, you know, be versed in it well enough that, you know, you could debate it if you need to. Um, and again, you don't have to know everything about it, but for the stuff that you're going to be sharing, make sure that you can debate that stuff and that you know it well enough that you'd be able to debate it and that you can do stuff like this, right? To where you can be like, hey, I can hop on a live stream and answer any question, you know, from this level, you know, down or from this level up or whatever the thing is, um, to where, you know, you can do those sorts of things. Great question. Um, let's see here. So next up, we've got, let's see here. I'm trying to hide this. Yeah, my browser's being like crazy today. I wonder which thing it is. You know, I'm going to close YouTube. I'm just going to close that one over here. See if that kind of speeds things up a little bit. Ooh, as soon as I closed that, it went away. Interesting. Okay, so next up. Um, yeah, and, and in terms of, you know, confidence, um, yeah, yeah, that that whole thing, right? Like, like there's actually a subreddit, if you're on Reddit, um, that's hilarious. It's called Confidently Incorrect. And the whole subreddit is about people that are sharing information and they're doing it confidently, but it's just completely wrong right? Um, hilarious subreddit if you're on Reddit, but it's called Confidently Incorrect. Um, and you don't want to end up there. <laughs> oh, you definitely don't want to be there. Yeah, Roberto says savings, the saving the day is Shelly's job. Absolutely. It is. It is. It is. It is. So, uh, okay, next up. Um, we've got Viral Boom. Viral Boom uploads every other day. Uh, they make funny, make you laugh, and brighten your day um, is the type of channel. The goal of the channel is to make people laugh, even if it's just for a few seconds. And the question is, um, if you have a strike, will it affect your views? Well, that particular video, absolutely. In terms of the entire channel, um, if that video is bringing in a lot of traffic, that ends up causing the people that are interacting with that traffic to, uh, you know, be served a bunch of your other content, then in that particular case, you know, that can kind of ripple down. Um, but you know, if it's just like the one video in question and it's not getting, you know, tons and tons of views anywhere, it's not like a primary traffic driver of the channel. Um, then in that particular case, you know, not so, not so much, but just avoid it though. Like try, like here, here's the thing when it comes to, you know, um, strikes on your channel and, and also, you know, YouTube, you know, has the thing where, you know, the, the, where, you know, you can go through their educational, um, reform stuff to where it will, uh, kind of, you know, make it to where that strike, you know, doesn't really have, um, an impact on you. Um, so I would just make sure that you go through uh, that. Um, let's see here. Next up. Number 24, cruising, 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 cruising. So we got Anderson Gaming. Um, they have a gaming channel. The goal of the channel is to create a community so I can engage and have fun with people around the world. And the question is, my impressions start to drop off after three months. I mostly live stream video games. Is there a cap on YouTube for the number of impressions that a smaller channel can garner over a set time frame? No. So 
everything on the platform is based on um, based on performance. So if people, it, it's based on performance of your own content and how that content performs against other content. So as long as your content is competitive for the platform, um, you know, for that particular format, you know, and all that stuff, then in that particular case, it'll it'll continue to get views as long as people continue to respond well to it. But if people click on it, they abandon it quickly, or they just don't click on it a lot, or you know, when they go in and they they you know watch it, everybody's giving it thumbs downs, things like that. Um, then in that particular case, you know, it's it's probably not going to last long uh let's see here next up we've got scatha scatha uploads when they have time um the type of channel is a gaming channel the goal is to become a full-time content creator and the question is hey nick i just got what's going on hope you're doing great says um i just got my first ever hands-on preview for a new game assassin's creed mirage and i'm really struggling with the catchy title um to go with my preview review video after the embargo lifts. I feel like this can be my big chance uh, for my channel since I already have a decent following, nearly 5,000 subscribers. Um, any ideas to make the title absolutely destroy my competition would be much appreciated. So here's what you gotta think about. One is you are reaching people that are into that particular game. It's a new release. You're getting like the first looks of that particular game. Um, so I would definitely make sure that you are putting like, you know, first, you know, you know, first looks or first impressions, something like that. Um, another thing that I would do is, um, is, and this is going to sound crazy, but I would either hop into TubeBuddy, Tube Spanner or Chat GPT, and I would just sit there and workshop that title. And the reason for that is um, uh, you'll see words to where you're like, oh, I didn't even think about that word, but that word is like serious, right? Like that's a huge impact word. So when it comes to your titles, like there's just the regular words, you know, that you use, but then there's uh, another part that's that's impact words. And those words are words that are, you know, more impactful language. Um, so like, for example, my maximize, you know, that I have up there, that would be more of an impact word. So uh, what you want to think about is like when you are like, really, I would just go to chat GPT. And I would put the title that you currently have. And I would say rewrite this title uh, 30 ways. Give me 30 different options of this title. And then it's going to give you a bunch of you know different um, titles. You don't have to use those titles, but what I want you to do is instead of saying like, oh, I'm just gonna copy and paste this, is just look for very specific words or maybe you know the phrasing and in, in how it's you know suggesting it um, and look for those and, and look for any words that can help you put together a better title. Like I wouldn't necessarily, you know, copy and paste their title, but I would look at it and say, like, okay, uh, you know, are there are any words here to where me as somebody that loves this game, which is why you're reviewing it, um, me, somebody that's into this, you know, which of these words would kind of stop you know, stop me in my tracks, so to speak, as it relates to this game. So of course the Assassin's Creed thing is gonna be part of the, uh, you know, title itself, but then I would look for, you know, supporting words and phrases around that um, to, you know, help bring attention to it. Also, try to make sure that the Assassin's Creed part is as close to the front of the title as possible. It doesn't have to be the first words, but I'd try to get it as close to the front as you possibly can. So it's one of the first things people see. Um, make sure if you haven't done this yet, um, I would go and I would research now on the previous release, go and look at all of the videos I don't know if you've made the video or not already, but go and look at all of the videos for the last release that are showing up in like YouTube search, go explore those channels, look for um, any of the ones that happen to have like a lot of views on them, things like that. Look at what they're doing with their titles, look at the imagery that they use to get that attention um, and see if there's anything that, you know, you can be inspired by there. Um, let's see here. So next up we have... 
Um, let's see. Sewing Channel says the feature to change playlist thumbnail is still available. Desktop, click um, to edit on YouTube. Choose three dots in the vid list of the thumbnail that you want and choose the check mark. Thanks for the heads up on that. Yeah, I was just doing it here on the fly. <laughs> so I appreciate that. So yeah, that's the path for the uh, question about the, uh, uh, the thumbnail earlier. Um, that's the answer to that particular one. And I just hit that, so that should show up on screen. There we go. Boom. So yeah, that's the path for the, uh, for the custom thumbnail for the playlist. Um, so here, Jill Valentine um, and Claire uh, Redfield is the uh, next one here. Oh, let me hide this. Okay, hide. There we go. Uh, they upload every other day. Um, the type of channel is a gaming channel, the goal of the channel, so I can entertain gamers. And the question is, is it too late for me to go full-time on YouTube because I lost my job? I was told uh, this by so many people. So I've been on YouTube since 2014. Um, when I started YouTube, at that time, People are like, oh, YouTube's over. Um, YouTube's dead. Uh, YouTube, um, it's way too late to start a YouTube channel. Um, let's see here. What else? Uh, every niche on YouTube is saturated. Um, let's see here. What's some of the other things? Um, there's no way YouTube's going to be around in five years. Um, YouTube staff makes the worst decisions, and they are going to run the platform into the ground. Um, let's see here. What else? Uh those are the types of things that people were talking about YouTube uh, back in 2014. Um, 2015, people were talking about the same things. 2016, they were talking about the same things. We'll just go ahead and jump to 2019. They were saying the same stuff. Um, 2020, actually, um, you know, before, you know, the big event happened, uh, people were saying the same thing there. Um, when the big event happened, everybody noticed that, you know, that's definitely not the case. Um, so that kind of went away. Um, but, you know, after that, you know, people still have those conversations today. So the point that I'm getting at is that this stuff is still in its infancy. And I know it doesn't seem that way, especially if you're young and you've like grown up on this stuff. Like uh, it's still in its infancy, even if this is something that has just been like part of your life from, you know, since you've been, you know, like paying attention to stuff, it's still in its infancy. So the world has changed and online content and user generated content not going away like it's not going away ever in order in order to stop this train the internet would have to actually go offline because even though ai is going to create new niches of content that we haven't seen before even though you know people are going to be using ai to support what it is that they are making as creators even though there's going to be channels that are going to be targeting you know niches where you, pretty much every niche on youtube there's going to be channels where they're going to have ai characters and ai avatars and all that good stuff there's still going to be that place for you to sit down in front of the camera or to take the camera with you on your journey or whatever the thing is to connect with other people like that's still going to be there and it's not going to go away. Um, in my opinion, I think that if you're considering starting a YouTube channel that you should do it now. And the reason for that is because this stuff is going to change pretty significantly over the next handful of years. Um, and I personally think it's going to be a positive change um, because if you look at how different things are from when I started back in 2014, the barrier to entry to be a YouTube content creator to put out quality, you know, nice looking, nice sounding content um, that has went from here down to here. Now, most of you have phones. 
that the camera optics on the phone is better than most of the cameras that people were making content with, um, high-end cameras that people were making content with back when I started. So what, what you're running into when you run into all these people that are like, oh yeah, you know, it's too late to start a YouTube channel, things like that. Those are people that are using that type of mindset to avoid doing something that they're afraid of in terms of, you know, putting it out there or they're just misinformed people, right? Because some people would use that kind of stuff as like, oh, I'm not going to do that because blah, even though I want to, it's just too late, right? But if I did it, I would crush it. You know, you'll, you'll, it'll be that kind of, you know, reaction for some people. Um, so because of that, don't even worry um, about online content fading away. Even if, let's say worst case scenario, let's say YouTube ran into some legal thing, but they've got the budget to fight it, by the way, but let's say that YouTube ran into some legal thing or they have some law that was passed that you know made the way that YouTube currently works to where it didn't work that way, there would still be places online that you will be able to publish your content even if they went underground, so to speak. So because of that, um, I think that if you start your YouTube channel like now or just soon, that the advantage that you are going to have over the next like handful of years because of all of this stuff with uh, AI, I think that like it's going to be a glorious time already, already. So, okay, it, it, look at it like this right now. Okay. Because of YouTube shorts and just vertical content in general that just shows up in front of people, it's already removed the need if you don't want to make long form content, it's already removed the need to know how to make good thumbnails. Unless you're making long form content, you don't even have to know how to make a thumbnail anymore. And this is cross platform. It's like this on, on Instagram reels. It's like this on Facebook reels. It's like this on TikTok. It's like this on Clapper. It's like this on YouTube uh, shorts to where you don't even have to know how to make a thumbnail anymore. With the current AI stuff that's come out, you have TubeBuddy, TubeSpanner, um, chat GPT and pretty much any YouTube tool is, you know, only going to stay relevant if they add the, you know, these features, but you even have these tools that are already helping you write titles. So even if you don't really fully get like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm writing this copy essentially, you know, this, you know, 60 character or less copy to try to capture somebody's attention and bring them into my video. Even if you don't even know where to start, you can use these tools to even help you with that. And it's going to keep getting better and better and easier and easier and easier as we progress. The bigger problem is going to be like, how do you stand out, right? That's going to be the bigger problem because, you know, there's gamers that started last year at this time to where everybody around them is probably like, oh, hey, there's no way you can grow a gaming channel right now that have already crossed 100,000 subscribers, Right. Like, and, and there's probably a lot of them, actually, not just one. It's probably a lot of them, and they're all around the planet. So because of that, if you are considering starting a channel, um, I would do that, like, you know, I, I, I would get on it because the opportunity, one, okay, look, I'm just going to rant here for a second. I apologize. So first, the opportunity that's currently available on YouTube is unprecedented in the history of humanity. In, in social media in general, the opportunity that's available here is unprecedented. People are making videos on their phones and they're making more than doctors, right? So for those of you that are, you know, older in the, in the, in, in the chat here, so we grew up, right? People are like, oh, hey, you should be a doctor. You should be a lawyer, right? Do these like, you know, these like, you know, in, in these important jobs and they are important jobs, but there's kids 
that are making videos on their phones that are making more than people that went to college for almost a decade getting degrees that are allowing them and putting them into debt that are, you know, allowing them to have some of those jobs, right? And they're kids and they're, you know, they've already made enough money to where if they just invest that money, they don't ever have to work again, right? Like that's a, that's a real thing that's happening every single day on YouTube. Now, with that said, that doesn't happen with everybody, right? Like some people come in and they, they, you know, innately get it and they're, you know, it's natural to them. And they're like, Hey, I've grew up on YouTube, whatever. And I know how to make money from it. I've, I've watched all these videos on how to make money, stuff like that. I'm going to apply it to my YouTube channel and they'll come in and they'll just crush right out of the gate. Right. Other people takes them a while to get going. You know, they have to develop the skills and all that stuff required because, you know, like if you're, if you're an older person in the crowd, then in that particular case, you know, you have the, the, the mindset of shifting into like, okay, this is how things used to work, but this is how it works now. And I need to adjust to that. That's a thing that, you know, that we all have to, you know, constantly, uh, deal with. But, uh, but in terms of the opportunity, it is like, I can't even put it into words like, okay. So, you know, because of the nature of my, of my content and, you know, services I've offered and stuff like that, like, you know, like I, I know a lot of YouTube content creators and the amount of people that just upload like one video per week, but have income coming in that is more in a year or two years than a doctor makes over the course of their entire career as a doctor. Like I have a lot of friends that are in those positions, right? So in terms of the opportunity that's available here, it's, it's mind blowing in terms of, you know, what's, what's possible. And I don't want to be like, you know, I, I don't want to make it sound like I'm, you know, like selling like, you know, snake oil or something here, but I'm just trying to like, you know, spread the awareness that I'm not like, Hey, make money on YouTube. Right. That's a thing. Um, but I'm just trying to, you know, just let you know, like for that particular question, in case you're just joining us, somebody asked, uh, they said that, uh, is it too late for me to go full-time on YouTube? Because I lost my job. I was told by, uh, told this by so many people. So that's where this rant came from. Um, but the, but the idea that I'm trying to express is the amount of opportunity here is, is mind numbing. Like it, it, it's so abundant in terms of the opportunity here. You just have to like learn how to tap into it, right? You have to learn how to tap into it and it may or may not be in the niche that you're currently in. But for those of you that are wanting to, you know, go full time or you're wanting to use this as, you know, an income source, like it's here, the money, you know, like there's, there's a lot of money on YouTube and it's, you know, it's up for grabs so to speak. You just have to figure out how to develop the skills that you need in order to make the content that you need to make in order to serve the people that you're trying to serve at a competitive level for the platform. And then from there, you're, you're, you're good to go. Now, keep in mind, there is the whole like, there is the whole like, uh, you know, rise and fall that kind of happens with content creators where they have these, you know, waves that they go through. So like the stability, you know, it's definitely a risk. Um, so like in your particular case, um, on this question that came in here from uh, Jill, like I wouldn't look at this as like a fast thing, right? Yes, tons of opportunity here, but for a lot of people, it can make, it can it, like, saying, I'm going to quit my job today, and then I'm going to become a full-time content creator. I wouldn't do that. And the reason I wouldn't do that is because one, I would make sure that you spend or, or that you save up enough money to have like a clear runway to give yourself enough, you know, space to, to actually, you know, learn the skills and dedicate yourself to it. Um, but before I would quit my job, 
I would work on my YouTube channel and figure everything out. If that meant that I had to like work later at night or stay up, you know, a little bit later, whatever it means, if that means that I don't have to, you know, turn on or I'm not watching Netflix or anything like that. Um, I'm just developing my skills during that time. I would focus on getting the channel to a point to where it's already matching your current income before you walk away from your current job. Um, because it can take time. Like some people will hit the ground running. Other people, it will take them, you know, months or years to even start getting any initial traction at all. And that doesn't even include the monetization side. Some content creators, just based on the niche they go into, some content is a lot more difficult to monetize than other content. So because of that, you know, some people build the wrong ladder on the wrong building, so to speak, um, and they end up in a, in a position to where it's like, hey, I'm, I'm crushing it on ad views, but I can't figure out any other ways to monetize. So, you know, that does happen as well. So, um, so because of that, just make sure that if you are going to start a YouTube channel and you're doing it for the purpose of replacing like your job income, just make sure that it is a, a channel that has a clear path to monetization in multiple forms because you want to monetize through YouTube but you also want to monetize in all of the alternative ways that you can monetize as a content creator as well to like fully capitalize on the uh, opportunity. Um, let's see here. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's see here. Where was the Abdul comments? Um, yeah. Somebody mentioned in here about Ali Abdul. Yeah, right here. So Kevin, so, um, you know, he mentions also, you know, Ali Abdul quit his doctor job and now making more as a YouTuber. Yeah. I made like $4 million last year or five last year, the year before he made four. Um, so yeah, like, you know, the, the opportunity that's available here. Um, I mean, granted, keep in mind, you know, there's also, there's, there's, there are content creators that crush it, you know, in that capacity, there's content creators that make a lot more than that. Um, there's also content creators that do like, okay, they make, you know, a hundred grand, 200 grand, 300 grand, 400 grand a year. Um, they don't get a lot of views and they're, you know, they're just consistently, you know, trucking along, but they're crushing it in terms of, you know, the effort they put in versus what it is they, that they get out of it. <clears throat> so because of that, I just wanted to share all of that um, in terms of, you know, just the opportunity, just for those of you that don't know it. Honestly, when it, when it comes to YouTube, I had no idea, uh, you know, for me, what I was getting into when it came to this. Like uh, when I first started the channel, I, 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 I didn't fully grasp the opportunities that are, you know, that, that were, uh, available here on YouTube. It's, it's mind blowing. Like once you get into it, once you start networking with other content creators and stuff, you're just like, Holy cow, you're making how much doing that. And it's even something silly. You're like, you're like, okay. Uh, yeah. Somebody's like, yeah, Hey, I made this thing. And I just put it down in my video description and make it available for my viewers. I don't even like tell people about it. I have a friend of mine. Um, he makes travel content. He makes these travel guides. I love using him as an example. Cause it's such a simple thing. Um, but basically he has these travel guides. He just makes them available in his video description and, um, he doesn't even promote them just from people finding them in his video descriptions. He makes eight grand a month. And that doesn't include all of his other monetization sponsorships, ad revenue. Cause he gets lots of views, things like that. Um, doesn't even include that. That's just from people downloading those travel guides. It's crazy. He doesn't even promote them. So, uh, the opportunity is crazy. Okay. So how often should you promote to the community tab from Pixie Dust Traveler? So when it comes to your community tab, um, you know, you have the option to schedule it. So, all of us should probably use it more than we than we do. Um, but you should post on a regular basis. So what you want to think about, like if you're like, hey, I'm trying to bring as much attention to my channel as possible, is every day, you know, try to try to do something on your channel. So if it's, you know, publishing a video, if it's a, you know, short, if it is a, 
uh, if it's a video, if it's a short, if it's a community post, you know, something like that, like just try to have something happening. If you're like, Hey, I'm trying to bring as much attention as possible because all of those things keep people engaged. So if you publish once a week, then you could use your community tab the rest of the week to where, you know, every day or every two days you publish something. Uh, maybe one day it's a poll, another day it's a behind the scene picture. Another day, it's just, you know, um, a statement of you asking some type of question or letting people know something. And then another day, um, let's say that you, uh, you know, publish a video trying to pull people back into your content, those types of things. Um, but, you know, just use it, use it on a regular basis. Um, let's see here. So, uh, Josh, the hustler says, um, how important is the YouTube algorithm and how can content creators work with it to their advantage? So, um, the YouTube algorithm, um, so the, the phrase that you hear a lot of people saying now, and I'm just going to, you know, repeat it because it's accurate is instead of thinking about YouTube as the YouTube algorithm, think, replace the word algorithm with audience. Um, and the reason that, you know, people say that is because, if you're thinking of the YouTube algorithm, you're, you're looking at it from the perspective like you're trying to game this machine, right? But if you look at it through the lens of like, okay, I'm trying to serve a very particular audience of people or a very specific audience of people, then in that particular case, it changes how you approach everything. Because then it's not about like, hey, I'm trying to, you know, tr I'm, I'm trying to trigger this, you know, algorithm. Instead, it's like, okay, I'm trying to uh, serve this, you know, demographic of people or this audience of people in the best way that I possibly can. And then it causes you to start thinking differently, right? So in terms of, you know, how important is the YouTube algorithm? Well, that's what, you know, recommends all the content to people. However, there is also YouTube search as well. So when it comes to YouTube's algorithm, um, uh, they have, you know, to where, you know, if you have high performing content, they'll show it to people on the homepage and continue showing it there for a very long time. Same thing with suggested videos. Um, but when it comes to YouTube search, that's also algorithmic because they are trying to get as much watch time per impression as possible. However, and, you know, for that particular query, but if you make a really good video there um, that answers, you know, the questions that people have about whatever it is that you're doing um, and people respond well to that particular, you know, piece of content, you can get search traffic on that one video for years and years and years and years and years. So um, in terms of, you know, uh, their system, um, think of it more, uh, you know, from the audience's perspective. And in terms of, you know, how can content creators work with it to their advantage? If you just focus on on serving the the audience, right? Like, and this is going to sound silly, but like, <clears throat> like, okay, if you look at the live stream that you're watching right now, I don't have to do these. I can just publish videos to my channel like once a week, whatever. But I enjoy, I thrive from helping other people thrive. So be, like, I get energy from that. So because of that, when I do these particular live streams, I'm not thinking about, oh, well, I hope YouTube recommends this a bunch, or I hope, you know, I get a lot of, you know, suggested views here on the replay or anything like that. What I'm thinking about is I hope there's somebody here today that is going to hear some of the things that I'm saying, and it's going to unlock something in their brain or help them think of something differently, or just help them identify something that they didn't even know about to where they can start applying that to what it is that they're doing to where hopefully it's going to impact them in some positive way so that they can also create their content, which will hopefully impact people in a positive way as well. That's like the ultimate goal, right? So because of that, when it comes to thinking about, you know, the algorithm, you know, you have the, you do have the side of like, hey, I'm trying to get as many views as humanly possible on every single video, no matter what. Some creators take that approach. In that particular case, then all that comes down to is you have to learn how to serve your audience in the best possible way. And you have to make your content as broadly appealing as you possibly can within your niche, right? But if you're like, hey, 
I'm trying to add a very specific value and in exchange, I'm trying to receive a very specific value from, you know, the efforts that I'm putting in, then in that particular case, you know, you don't even need a lot of views to make that happen. So, you know, it really comes down to your approach, what it is that you're trying to accomplish and the very specific value that you're trying to provide to the people that you are um, interacting with. But definitely, instead of, you know, thinking about, you know, uh, like the algorithm, just think of it like, you know, this is my target audience that I'm trying to reach. And then every Everything you do around your YouTube channel should serve that target audience in some way. Um, let's see here. Um, Oil Reed. Yes, I am. Uh, Renee Ritchie, uh, YouTube's creator liaison, says, uh, fun fact, the algorithm is set up to serve viewers, not creators. To find any viewer, uh, to find any viewer, the videos they most likely want to click on and watch at that time and on that device, think like a viewer. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, and then he also mentions down here um, that live views are currently glitched. Uh, Team YouTube is on it. Oh, so we have like a, a bug happening right now, everybody. So if you're a live streamer, I guess they're having like a view glitch or something. Um, and they're currently working on that. Thanks for the heads up there. Um, is there a recommended frequency? So uh, yeah, you definitely want to uh, just post on a, on a regular basis based on your schedule, um, based on, you know, the tolerance in terms of like, hey, if I'm publishing, you know, three videos a day, are people going to have the time to watch all three of those videos? Or does it make more sense for me to publish like once or twice a week based on the lifestyle that I'm trying to create around all this? Um, let's see here. So next up on our list here, we've got um, do, 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 do. Tech Doc, Tech Doc. Um, they upload when they have time. Um, they have a tech channel. The channel, uh, the goal of the channel says it's my passion. And the question is, is there any way to include external links in shorts now? No. Well, I won't say no. In terms of clickable links, no. But in terms of, you know, directing people to things, you can still do it verbally. You can still add graphics to the screen. You can still add text into the description um, that people can copy and paste out. Um, but I think the easier workflow there is going to be just sending people to your bio um, or your channel page. And then that way, um, you know, you can have clickable links there. So basically having, you know, send me a, uh, you know, send me send me a, uh, 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 or, or sending them to uh, your channel page so that basically if they go into your description, it's like, here's the information on the thing, check the link in my bio, and then hopefully people will go over to your bio um, or your channel page. And then through the channel links, we get 14 different links that we can add there now with the update that they did. And then that um, will let people, you know, be able to, uh, to click into that. You can also verbally tell people. So, if you have uh, like your own website or something like that, you can say like, you know, hey, learn more at nicknimmon.com, right? Or learn more, get graphics or whatever at tubertools.com. Like you can say that kind of stuff. Um, but the only downside is is the attribution, right? Because then it's like, oh, heck, I don't know which shorts are driving people. I don't know, you know, which things, you know, are, are causing people to click but I'm getting the traffic, right? So unfortunately, you know, our ability to attribute it to a very specific short or something like that has been removed, um, but you can still, you know, send people uh, that way. Oh, the real-time reporting. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, so just a heads up, everybody. So um, I guess your real-time views um, are currently, uh, they're having a reporting issue with that. So if you are looking in your real-time views today, um, just a heads up, you might um, see some issues there, but Team YouTube is, uh, or but YouTube is uh, working on it. Pixie Dust Travelers, super thank you chat. for the super chat. Says, thank you, coffee on me for Dallas. Love it, thank you. Yeah, looking forward to, uh, to meeting up there. And speaking of which, by the way, um, I'm going to give away a uh, VidSummit ticket here 
uh, really quick if uh, if anybody here is interested in going to Vid Summit. Here's the thing is with this particular uh, um, thing that I'm getting ready to do here. Um, so Vid Summit is a conference for YouTube content creators. It's happening in Dallas, Texas, October 3rd through the 5th. Um, the uh, the uh, inventor of Vid Summit, Daryl Eaves, he has been kind enough to give us um, a couple more uh, tickets for Vid Summit. Um, we're going to be giving them away for free here um, during this stream here in just a few minutes. And with this, just as a heads up, um, these tickets, they're like a thousand bucks a piece, but totally worth it. Like if you don't win, you should still get these tickets because the conference itself is amazing. But, um, but with these particular tickets, because they are specifically for content creators and specifically for people that can make it to Dallas, Texas on October 3rd through the 5th, please only respond to this if you can, without question, make it to Dallas, Texas, October 3rd through the 5th um, for the conference itself. Um, because basically what I'm going to do here is I'm going to put a word on the screen, and all you have to do is just type that word. Um, and then the StreamYard giveaway tool here that I'm using, um, it's going to go ahead. Um it's going to uh, go ahead and uh, uh, just select somebody randomly out of the chat. So if you can get that in there, um, or if you can make it to Dallas, Texas, October 3rd through the 5th, then in that particular case, let me hit the present mode here. What you wanna do um, is as soon as this pops up on the screen, just start putting that in. You only have to put it in one time um, because this, this just collects one um, entry from each person. So if this is something that you are interested in and you can make it to Dallas, Texas, um, October 3rd through the 5th, then you definitely want to, uh, you know, as soon as this pops up on the screen here, <clears throat> man, my browser is being crazy today. As soon as this pops up on the screen, um, you want to, uh, you want to just put that word in the, uh, in the thing. Okay. Share screen. Yeah. My system is super buggy today. I don't know what's going on. <clears throat> I'm trying to get this up on the screen right now. Let's see here. Yeah, like everything's being weird right now, even my stream yard. Let's see here. Yeah, now my, uh, I hope you guys can hear me still. Hold on. No, let me just restart. Ah, oh, there we go. Okay, add to stage. Here we go. <laughs> OSR Garage says you need D. Absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> okay, just waiting for that to load. So as these are, as this is, uh, you know, I'm going to remove it, and then we're going to load it again. I don't know what's going on with my system right now. Gouging Gadget says, are you using StreamYard? I am, but I'm having problems because I have all these browser windows open, and I'm having problems with all of the browsers. So even when I'm putting, like, things into the address bar and stuff like that, it's like, you know, um, it, it's basically, it's definitely being weird. It, it's Chrome. There's, there's something going on with my, with my system right now. 
you know, let me, man, I hope I wasn't connected to the VPN. I hope that wasn't it. All right, let's try it again. Yeah, I might just do like a refresh or something. I'm not sure. Uh, okay, here's what we're going to do because we can't get it on screen. Is I'm going to uh, see, but I need to get it on screen so you guys can see it. Okay, here's what we'll do. This isn't my first rodeo. Okay. Um, let's see. Let me go into Safari. Inside of Safari, let me go to StreamYard. We're gonna get this. We're gonna we're gonna get this done, everybody. We are going to get this done. Oh, it is on the screen. Oh, okay, on my view, I don't see it. Okay, perfect. Yeah, this works. Okay, love it, love it, love it. So while um, while this is coming in, yeah, because I see I see him coming in uh, right now. So just as a heads up, um, just so you know, you know, kind of what's going on here. Um, so with this, uh, um, in terms of some of the speakers that are going to be here, we have Mr. Beast um, that's going to be speaking. We have Zach King that's going to be speaking. We have Michelle Carr um, who's going to be speaking. Sean Duras, Daryl Eves, Mindy McKnight. Um, we have Hayden Hellier Smith um, who is like the man when it comes to editing. We have Johnny uh, Hayos. We have Preston Plays. Let's see here. Let me keep scrolling. We have Ariac. We have uh, Lisa uh, Bailu, Tom Bailu. Um, we have Hope Scope. Uh, we have Kathy Yoder. We have Jordan Matter, Nico, YB Chang, Devin Stone from Legal Eagle. We have Justin Moore from uh, Creator Wizard um, about brand deals. Um, Cleo Abram, Kimbra Leia, Dan Mace, uh, Sarah Renee Clark, um, John Yoshe. Um, Peter McKinnon, for those of you that are familiar with Peter McKinnon, um, Renee Ritchie, um, who's actually, you know, in the chat as well, YouTube's creator liaison, um, Ryan Forsyth, Tony Santos, um, Priscilla Liu, Viper, um, he's an MC, um, uh, Quebble Cop, Liron um, Sajev, um, we have Matt Wolf, who's doing like tons of AI stuff right now. You should be following him also. Um, Jim Louderback. Uh, we have Myron Golden, um, Colin and Samir. Um, both are going to be presenting there. Emily Baker, Cliff Wiseman. Like, anyway, you get the idea. Like tons of, you know, um, content creators. Roberto Blake, um, who was also in the chat earlier. Patty Galloway. Um, tons of content creators there. Um, Peter Hollins um, that are going to be sharing, you know, what it is that they know um, about YouTube and online video. I'm going to be speaking there as well. Um, so, uh, so yeah, it's, it, it's going to be phenomenal. It's, it's great every year. It just keeps getting better and better. Um, but if you are somebody that's like, you know, serious about, you know, growing your YouTube channel, not just that, but you're somebody that's trying to turn your channel into something, right? Um, then, you know, this is going to be uh, extremely, you know, valuable for you. So here we go. Getting this little tip here on the drum roll from D. So the first one is Hobby Genix. Hobby Genix, here's what you want to do is make sure that you, let me screenshot this. Um, we'll just capture a visible part. So what you want to do is you want to make sure um, that you DM me on Twitter. Um, and when you DM me on Twitter, just let me know that you're a winner. If you cannot DM me, then, um, then I need you to uh, just at me and then I'll send you a message. Make sure you follow me and then at me and then I'll send you a message. But congratulations, this is a huge deal. Um, so, uh, so congratulations to you for that. And I'm just going to go ahead and let you guys, cause it's already on screen. I don't want to risk this like going off. Um, so for the second one, um, we're just going to do uh, vid summit. 
2023. And then just drop that in there for this second one for the next uh, for the next uh, win here. And all you got to do is put this into the chat, Vid Summit 2023, all together, one word, put it into the chat, and, uh, uh, and then we'll see uh, if it comes up. Yeah, so Hobby Genix, congratulations. So, um, uh, yeah, just make sure you send me that. Um, all I'm going to need from you is your email and your name, and then I'm going to pass that over to them, um, and then they'll get back to you with all of the, you know, um, detailed information there. Okay, I'm just going to let a few more come in, and then we're going to, and then we're going to, then we're going to drop it. Super exciting. I love that Daryl's given so many of these away. Like, um, this is huge. And what, one thing that's really cool about Vid Summit is the whole thing is about, you know, creators helping creators. That's like the whole theme, right? And with a lot of what Daryl does, like the whole theme is about creators helping creators. And I think it's amazing that, you know, like I said before, these tickets, you know, they're, they're expensive tickets. So, uh, uh, I mean, they're not expensive for what you get, but some people will look at it like it's an expensive ticket is what I'm getting at. But like uh, um, the fact that he's just letting us give away, you know, um, you know, a, a decent amount of these tickets over the last handful of streams, like super, super generous. We've probably given away from the stream that he was on to now, probably, I don't know, ten or $11,000 worth of tickets. Yeah, it's, it, it's crazy. Absolutely crazy, but super kind uh, for him to uh, do this. Okay, so here we go. So I'm going to give you just one more. Yeah, Andrew Can says Vid Summit somehow gets better every year. It's hard to pull off. It is. It is. Absolutely is. And um, Gaging Gadget says they highly recommend Daryl's book. So really quick, before I draw this. So um, also, you know, for that love as well. Um, so uh, Daryl has a book called YouTube Formula. Um, and this particular book um, is like a deep dive into, you know, his history, um, you know, working with, you know, some of the biggest content creators on YouTube, but also he shares a lot of insightful information here about what it really takes to grow a YouTube channel. Um, so make sure that you check this out as well. You can get this on um, Amazon um, as a print on demand. Um, you can also get it for Kindle. And I believe the audiobook. actually, yeah, the audiobook is available. I think I have that. Um, in my phone. Yeah, the audio the audiobook I believe is available too. I'm just double checking here really quick. Apple Books. Yeah, YouTube Formula. Yeah, right there. Or is that the is that the Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. That's the audiobook. Yeah, as you can see I was on track 26. <laughs> so uh so here we go. RV Life with Adrian and Ruth. You are the next winners. Love the Bob Ross reference in your uh, channel art there. That's awesome. Painting happy trees. Love it, love it, love it. Um, let's see here. Capture visible part. Boom. Okay, congratulations to you, RV Life with Adrian and Ruth. So this is one ticket. So since there are two of you, um, then I guess the other person would, you know, get, you know, buy a ticket or whatever. Um, but just a heads up, uh, uh, you know, that is one um, ticket. So you guys will have to, you know, fight over, you know, who's going to go. <laughs> but for the winners, super excited to uh, meet you at Vid Summit. You're going to learn so much. Um, it's such an intense event in terms of one 
how much you're going to learn, two, the creators that you're going to meet, um, and three, the inspiration that you're going to get by seeing what is possible. That by itself, in my opinion, is worth the, is worth the ticket. Like uh, when it comes to like seeing what's possible, what I mean by that is how I went on my rant earlier about the opportunities that are available on YouTube. It's, it's different. And I've explained this uh, a few streams ago. I explained this too. Um, but there's a big difference from seeing people's success online, seeing it through a screen versus being able to talk to somebody face to face and actually hear the experiences that they've had because of their YouTube channel. It's really inspirational. And for people that are like, well, you know, maybe I'm going to take it serious, maybe or not, like it can be that thing that changes it. Like, oh yeah, this makes total sense. I'm like, I'm all in. Right. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, this is a, this is a pretty big deal. Congratulations to, uh, to the winners. And again, thank you to Daryl and, you know, everybody. Um, at Vid Summit, uh, the whole team over there for uh, for making this possible for um, for 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 everybody, not not just the winners, but for you know all of us that are going. And uh, Andrew Kansas, Tech Mex from the KDCC uh, while at Vid Summit, yeah, love love some Tech Mex. And uh, Roger Wakefield is also uh, having a little shindig um, as well. So the uh, so the, that's the word on the street anyway. It's what he said in chat once. <laughs> So on that note, um, I want to thank everybody for hanging out here um, today uh, during the live stream. If you're new to YouTube, just remember um, that, you know, a lot of this comes down to building skills and understanding, you know, the audience that you're trying to reach. Focus most on, you know, just delivering value to the people that you're trying to reach. And then from there, make sure you're constantly working on the skills. I'm actually putting together some information <clears throat> that I'm going to share on a video soon um, about um, about, you know, all the different things that you need to learn, um, as a content creator with resources attached to that. Um, so, you know, stay tuned for that. It's not going to be out for a while. I'll probably make some of it on the plane and some of it in my downtime when I'm in the States. Um, but that's going to be coming out soon, um, as well. So you can, um, have some of that stuff because, you know, people who make content like me, we're like, Hey, do these things. Um, but you know, we don't say like, here, go watch this video. It's going to teach you like a ton about this particular thing, like color theory or something like that. Um, so I'm putting together, um, all that. Um, but, um, you know, just remember that, you know, this is a journey. So for those of you that are just getting started, just remember that YouTube comes with a learning curve, like everything else. So just embrace that. And instead of being like, Oh, my next video has to do this. Um, just think to yourself like, okay, I'm going to publish this next video. And then I'm going to go in and I'm going to see, um, if there's anything that I can learn from that video, which there will be. And then I'm going to, you know, write down those things. And then I'm going to, you know, apply those to the next video. Um, and with that, I want to encourage you right now, if there's anything that you, uh, you know, anything that you thought about while I was doing this live stream, anything that you thought, yeah, I need to work on that, um, anything that you thought, hey, I've never even heard of that, let me check it out on my channel, or wow, I haven't looked at my audience retention reports in a while, or something like that, write down something, an action that you can take right now based on any of the things that you've either learned or, you know, heard today, or just anything that you've been meaning to work on, write it down today and commit to working on it this coming week, so that when we reconvene next week, um, you'll be a little bit farther along than you are now. And on that That was crazy. Huh. 
Yeah, so I just completely lost. Like, everything just crashed. I had one of my entire windows just went down. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, so thank you so much for hanging out. My brother and Daniel Batal are doing uh, channel reviews right now um, over on the StreamYard YouTube channel. As soon as this stops, um, then everybody's going to be directed over there. So if you want your channel looked at and you want some feedback on your channel, they have a really cool game show theme that they're doing that I encourage you to check out because it's really it's really awesome, you know, how they, how they do the whole thing. Um, so thank you so much for hanging out. I hope you learned something today. Make sure you hit the like button on the way out. Um, also, share my channel with a YouTuber friend um, as well. And um, have a great rest of your weekend, and I will see you uh, next weekend. Talk to you soon.